Welcome back to the Science Fiction Film Podcast by LSG Media. I'm Dean. I'm Matthew. And on this week's episode, we are discussing Extreme Prejudice from 1987, directed by Walter Hill. Busting open my Schweppes, Matt. Yeah, I'm doing a little ginger ale. I'm doing a little jam. I'm doing a little ginger whiskey, ginger as they say. Ooh, I love whiskey ginger. That's one of my favorite. Mm, that's a sugary tree for old daddy. Mm, mm, mm. Daddy's got himself a sugary, delicious treat for this one. <laughs> Mix that up with a little bell fried chicken. Now you got yourself a meal. Yes, sir. Give me some fried chicken. <laughs> is this the craziest origin story for a cartel movie ever? Like, God, is this how the cartel true. started? <laughs> That's it. It's funny, man. Like, we're sitting here talking about these fucking movies, and uh, mm. well, before that, an important piece of housekeeping, man. Mm-hmm. Do you want to know what that important piece of housekeeping is? Do you want Indeed. to know, Matthew? I do. Well, it is. I have a hood pass. Hood pass? Are you familiar with what a hood pass is? No. All right. So you missed some of the conversation on Facebook that occurred this week. It's very important. I think we should start the show with this and see what happens. But um, I was given a hood pass by um, Will Alvarez. <laughs> He's essentially made me an honorary Mexican. So. That's true. If- Good thing he's a certified <laughs> certified member of the board he is. of all Mexicans. He it's I think it's not even a certified board. I think it's just a dictatorship at this point. <laughs> of just Alvarez. Yep. Alvarez's military junta. Pretty cool. I can dig that. I can dig that with my chicken. My chicken. And uh English and Aussie as well. I got a bunch of them handed to me. <laughs> Which like is passports. Pretty cool. So I appreciate that. It's, it's as they say, diplomatic community. So cheers to that. Beautiful. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we're stuck in the desert again. We're stuck in Texas again. Can we ever get Texas is a big state? We, it's tough to get out of Texas. Oh, yeah. I mean, we're in big it again. State. We were in it last week, Matt. We're in it this week. In it. And I told you, after reading the cast, man, which I'm going to do right now. But yeah, after, at, yeah, after reading the cast for Extreme Prejudice, as so coined by, well, popularized by John Milius through Apocalypse Now, but um, I had to break out my Hitachi. <laughs> I busted out my Hitachi, I put it right against my mound and just... Oh, that's good. Yep, because you got one Nick Nolte... Powers Booth, Mike Ironside, Rip oh. Torn, Clancy mm. Brown. I mean, it doesn't get more tall and manly than that crew. <laughs> they even got fucking Tiny Lister in this movie. I was tiny like, holy Lister. shit. Fucking William Forsyth. Oh, yeah. This may come as a shock to you. Larry mm. B. Scott is Biddle. He's way down on the list. He's the black guy. <laughs> Larry B. Larry B. Larry B. Yeah. I like Larry B. And uh, yeah, I had it pressed firmly, man. Firmly oh, against it. Yep. Just I just left it there. I don't want to go direct direct on. It's a little too much. 
And uh, I just plugged that Hitachi, and thank God it's a plug-in, dude. Because oh, you'd run out of that battery dry. Battery's cool, you know. I mean, it's weird to have a cold. It's weird to have a cold, a cold power cl- power cord across your breast while you're fucking. But <laughs> you know, you do what you got to do. Uh, just gotta get it done. And uh, yeah, so that's how I felt with extreme prejudice. I felt like a like a true woman. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it made you finally. Yep, I felt like uh, finally here's a movie with a bunch <laughs> of manly men. I mean, when I saw John Millius as one of the writers, man, I said to myself, "This is going to be one of those movies, right?" Oh yeah, oh yeah. Now, I think it's more sweaty than than Lone Wolf McQuaid. I mm-hmm. think it's a little more sweaty. There's more sweat. Oh, by the end, yeah, it's really sweaty. But had you seen this movie before? What are some of your impressions on Extreme Prejudice? I think Dude. I've kind of. Hit on mine. <laughs> we got your sticky impressions. Um, yeah, dude, never seen, never heard of, didn't know anything about this fucking movie. Completely walked in blind. Um, and like you, once I saw the cast list, once I saw you know John Millis' involvement, I'm like, okay, this is probably at least pretty good. Like I, I, I had pretty high expectations for this going in. Once I learned those things. And honestly, man, it did not disappoint. I fucking really enjoyed this movie. No it is, shit. It is fucking solid. I really liked it. I'm yeah, really I, impressed. I'm, it, yeah? yeah? Why well, do you think? Well, I don't know. I I mean, I wasn't sure how you were going to feel about it, to be perfectly frank. What do you? Th- what did you think was going to lose me? Um, That's a really good question. I um, maybe, maybe the plot, maybe, maybe a little bit of the plot was going to lose you. There's a little bit. I would say one of the only nitpicks I have is the slight complication of the of the whole zombie squad plot. Sure. But I don't mind it. I, at the, by the end of the movie, I'm like, yeah, it's fucking still solid. I know. See, I know you're a fan of western, so I'm not really sure. <laughs> I wasn't sure how you're going to feel about it. To be perfectly frank, um, yeah, yeah, I had uh, never seen this movie either, dude. That's right. Just crazy. But Walter he Hill, so he's fresh. He's a cool cat. Um, Who? Walter Walter Hill. Oh, Walter Hill, yeah. He's the director. I don't know him, man. Yeah, well, he's had his hand in many pies. The Warriors, Aliens. Oh, whoa. Yeah, man. You should look at his IMDb. He's done a lot of producing, a lot of directing. 48 hours, okay. Yep, a lot of writing, a lot of directing, a lot of producing. He's a, he's a, he's a big-time movie guy. I mean, nice. sounds dumb to just say, like, hey, this guy on IMDb is a big-time movie guy, but he really is. <laughs> like, all aspects of the business, I guess you could say. It is odd to me that this movie has such a low profile. It is it is hard to even come across. Uh, it is so annoying see. to watch. I had to watch it in standard def, four by three. Oh, lame. I I got it on Amazon in like no HD. To be perfectly frank, that was the most aggravating part of the movie to me. Right, right. Like they, the viewing experience was just not good. That's like, so weird. It's weird I how know. that happens. I, know. I mean, and this is a. A major cast in this movie. It's it's a big time fucking movie, and with the way the way its like reputation is now, and not not even like the reputation about its quality, but just like in the sense that like there's no real this movie's not in the conversation of like classic westerns or action movies. It's just kind of unknown overall. Do you, do you think man, because like, it struggles with its own genre? I don't think so, actually. No, I, I feel like it's actually a pretty tight, dead for. I mean, uh, what's the word? A neo-Western. That, uh, that's kind of like the sub-genre they put it in. I'm like, yeah, that makes sense to me. A, an American neo-Western action film. I'm like, that sounds very correct. That's, that, that, that sums it up to me. Um, 
And I mean, like, I, you know what? Well, I feel like let me say like, this. Let me correct. I think, okay. correct myself. I think it's the, I think it's the sort of espionage plot feeling that's a little, that maybe throws the genre off a little. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, that's the problem with any neo anything. Sometimes, unless it's a cult classic. Yeah, it's tough. Like, Blade right. Runner's neo, neo noir and in, in its science fiction and, and it has a cult following. It didn't do great at the box office. Blade Runner could have ended up like Extreme Prejudice if there was never cult following. Who knows, you know? Yeah. Although true. it did make a lot of, it did have more success over time. But, you know, it's, it's this only certain people I think can get away with gen, gender bending, like as far as genre goes. Like, right. You know what I mean? I, I don't know. It's, it's really hard. It's, I think it's hard to do. You know, he did, he produced The Warriors and that movie kicks ass and it's pretty straightforward. Um, oh yeah, and maybe it's just because he's had his hand in so many pies. I, I don't know, but it it's definitely it definitely has western a western feeling to it, no doubt, right? I mean, there's a duel, oh, yeah. there's the childhood buddy, there's the bad guy, there's this kind of weird uh, sort of courtesy and hospitality among guys about to kill each other. There's the tough as nails Texas Ranger thing, which we just kind of did with. We just did. Welcome back to the Texas Ranger podcast. Well, it's funny about that is I I, I think it's kind of well timed, and I want to talk about it a little bit. Lone Wolf McQuaid, what you would call that? What would you call that genre? That one, you know, it's funny since it is a Texas Ranger. It's set very much in the same area, and even has a lot of similar conflicts. I place that one straight up and down, black and white action. It's an action movie. Like the the setting. The setting is more of a backdrop, whereas here I feel like it filters into the characters and the feeling of the movie a lot more. And I think that's a part of what makes something a Western or not. Like, you can have a movie that's set in the dusty, you know, Western setting or Texas somewhere and shootouts, but it might still not be a Western depending on the focus or the characters and how it feels. And this one, the setting, like, flavors it. Can, it you, really can you illuminate on what you mean by that, though? I, I think mostly in like the characters' values and like the okay. way they behave, the way they think of their friendship and this like very strained loyalty that that rings of Western to me of like villains who know each other and and are from the same place, have the same kind of grit to them. Like that shit is Western, man. It's a Western movie, right? It's funny. That's that's why I find the the subplot kind of juxtaposed against the whole Western thing because. In and of itself, it has this sort of A-team feel to it. I mean, even the beginning is so A-team. Like yeah, the character, yeah. like the dossiers up front, and has that military kind of action feel to it. And and then we and then it's almost like we're we're shifting gears between the military subplot and then what we have between between Powers Booth and Nick Nolte. Yeah, and that's what yeah. I mean by the genre feels. It doesn't feel like. To me, it doesn't feel super on the nose in the genre it's going for, and I speculate that maybe that's possibly why it is forgotten a little bit. Um, I, I I can definitely see that, yeah, because you you have a if you completely cut out the the military right. zombie squad stuff, you have a much more laser focused movie. But that said, you need I still some think more stuff, right? You still need some more stuff because that's a large chunk of the movie. Like oh, yeah. if you cut and, it, and I mean, honestly, an and I long. still like a lot of that subplot, a lot of it. I actually um, do too. I'm not, I'm yeah. not picking on it. I'm just saying that sometimes it's, uh, it could be, I guess it could be cause for some of the alterations to the tone or maybe, yeah, it's a little weird. It's, I, I found myself going, this is kind of a weird movie, but I dig it. Do you know what I'm saying? Oh yeah. No. I, I said that a lot. I didn't say, wow, what an amazing movie. How did I miss it? 
I said, boy, this movie's fucking weird, but I'm really kind of enjoying my experience and watching it. Totally. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I, it's funny. It's one of those times where I'm like, I feel pretty much right there with you. I feel like I'm probably slightly higher on it overall because I didn't really start to, it was only when the, you know, Michael Ironside major being, you know, a betrayer subplot started to come out. It's where a I was much. like, ah, it's starting, starting to get a little, it's, it's a lot going on for this, what otherwise would be a pretty straightforward focused story. Um, but I still think it's, it's a fucking solid movie though, the, the way it plays out. And I mean, and honestly, the, I think the reason the subplot bothers me less, even though I still think it's the most flawed part of the movie, is that I think thematically there is a lot of connection that I find really interesting. Like it doesn't, you know, every now and then you'll get a movie where the subplot is just like, well, this is just a whole different story that's just happening at the same time. There's really not much connection except that, like, the characters in the main plot and the characters in the subplot know each other, and that's it. Like, there's no real parallels of, like, theme or feeling. And in here, I think I think that happens. Like, the strange loyalty, the betrayal, the, you know, all and, and the sense of, like, duty and honor. Like, that stuff cuts across both stories in an interesting way. Well, one thing I do like about it when I think about it in terms of wanting to be more forgiving of that whole idea is I like the idea of uh, I, I like the idea of us watching watching um, Jesus Christ the main character's name and Nick Nolte's character Benteen. Yeah, uh, one of the things I like about Benteen and the Texas Ranger plot is this real sort of matter of fact higher morality approach to everything he does. Like he's he's interesting in that unlike there, there there's no moral ambiguity with him, which I find pretty interesting. He's right, a man, right. of, and I don't mean that as a knock. But like he's he's almost like a man of honor. He has, um, you know, he has the classic white hat Western guy thing. Oh, he's yeah, literally wearing a white hat almost. And um, and I actually dig that. And one of the things I thought about was almost comparing and contrasting. And, and you know, they allude to it a little bit. And, and it might have been hard. It might be hard for us because we weren't really. You know, my age, I could never comprehend this movie when it came out. You know, I was a child. And um, yeah. some of the things said, especially by William Forsythe, who's great in this movie, by the way. I always like Forsythe. I think he's awesome. I think he's a great character actor as Buck Atwater. And um, <laughs> uh, I think he says something about like everything's so messed up now. And, and he's kind of hinting at these blurred lines and stuff. And one of the things right. I like about this movie is that Benteen represents – a really a complete or lack of blurred lines. There's very clear lines of morality, the way he conducts his business and, and almost like this underplayed tragedy, although it, it plays for kind of over the top action, sadly, and less tragic is the idea of the Ironside character, major Paul Hackett sort of betraying all of his men. Like I, I guess you could compare the two plots by saying, look at major Paul Hackett, and then look at Jack Benteen and look at the way they sort of run shop. And in right. Jack Benteen represents the old way, the loyal way, and, and perhaps it's almost a commentary on, especially with guys like John Milius at the helm, maybe Paul Hackett represents this sort of bureaucratic, can't trust anyone kind of bullshit new way, you know? Right, like the death of honor and greed sure. overtaking everything. Correct. Yeah. That's a very succinct way to say it, right. The death of honor, so to speak. So that's one of the things I do appreciate as a contrast between the two plot lines. Um, I, I didn't love all of the, I didn't love that we're going to just sort of, I don't mind all these characters dying, but all the like double, triple betrayals. I was like, okay, like I, <laughs> I felt like they just wanted to have a big, 
shootout at the end, which is fine because it still worked and I dug that part of it. But, um, but yeah, man, I actually, I actually did enjoy the movie. I just thought it was really weird, but I enjoyed it. I thought it was good. Um, again, I hate the standard definition bullshit. I know that sounds so crazy, <laughs> yeah. but how used to no, you true, get to watching yeah. something and all of a sudden you're like, man, this is hard to watch. Like I can't even <laughs> see fucking details. How did we do it back God. in the day? Dude, you know what's so crazy? I, I was just thinking about this the other day of like how many movies I watched as a kid so on a black and white 13-inch screen. It's crazy. With fucking eight pixels to it. And it was, and it was like, this is great. This is fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. I'm watching like Star Wars on that and thinking it was fantastic. Know, <laughs> and now I'm like, crazy. I wouldn't even tolerate it for two seconds. Yep. Spoiled. Mm-hmm. Spoiled as shit. It's true though. But Dude, also crazy uh, timing, R.I.P., R.I.P. Torn, Rip Torn himself, right. just passed away yesterday. Was that what it was? That's the tenth? Uh, yeah. Wow. We're recording this on July eleventh, two thousand nineteen. By the way. Exactly. Yeah. R.I.P. to Rip Torn, who we recently talked about on Men in Black, I believe. Indeed. Eighty-eight years old. Good fucking go of it. Not bad. Not a bad Not run. Too bad. But uh, yeah, it's uh, so yeah, it's it's one of those. Um, it's it's a pretty interesting movie, you know. It's. Uh, Nick Nolte looks great in it. He looks fit as hell. Oh, dude, I I can't wait to talk about. I'm like, man, Nick Nolte at his in his fucking heyday, fucking badass, like straight up. What did, what do you think it? Why do you think he's not always in the conversation? Honestly, do you know what I'm saying? I, like, I, like, I, do you think Nick Nolte could be one of the things that held this movie back mm, for no reason? For no question. reason, like he's fine. He's fine. Yeah. Oh, he's great. I think he's perfectly great. It's really just sort of steel, steel jawed sort of. Powers Booth gets the gets the delicious role, right? The honey drip oh, role. Yeah. He gets to really be Powers Booth. He gets to to <laughs> really chew on that scenery. Ah, he's so mm. great. You know, he's so, so great. Good. I love Powers Booth, man. Such an appreciation oh, yeah. for him in Tombstone. Like when I watched it as I was older. I mean, he's just so good. He's great in this. He's great. Oh, yeah. Over-the-top kind of villain in all white, the flashy man. Right. No, I don't know. You know, thinking about Nick Nolte's, like, career and, like, star power, whatever you want to think of it, is that's a, that gets complicated. Because, I mean, like, correct me if I'm wrong, I mean, he was one of the guys who was always solid and great until he just, his personal life started to, like, really fuck shit up. And he was just hitting the bottle pretty hard, having a lot of personal issues in his career got kind of fucked up for a while. I mean, he's, he's made a pretty decent comeback in recent years. Yeah, man. But. I, I don't know what it is. I, I got to be honest with you. I don't know a ton about his personal life. No. Um, anything more than whatever would have been sort of, you know, put out there in the world. Right, right. I know he's got a couple of arrests under his belt, you know, some, some rough living. But I don't know the details. Um, Nick Nolte was a heavy drinker until 1990. When Catherine Hepburn accused him of falling down drunk in every other in town, he replied, I've got a few more yet to go. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck. Kind of owning that shit. In 2002, he pleaded no contest to charge of driving under the influence. He was given three years probation, undergo alcohol and drug counseling. Oh, boy. I've got to read this quote real quick. Uh, on September 11, 2002, uh, Nolte was arrested on suspicion of drunk driving in Malibu, California. Three days later, he checked himself into Silver Hill Hospital in Connecticut for counseling. Tests later showed that he was under the influence of GHB. Nolte responded that, He's been taking this stuff for four years and I've never been raped. <laughs> Holy fuck. Uh, holy shit. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he did plead guilty to driving under the influence. 
Yeah. Hey. Hey. Um, the other thing, too, is he was sort of, there was the whole Kurt Russell factor, right? Kurt Russell snatched a lot of films he was considered for, like like Escape from New York and The Thing. I know that Nolte was, I think, considered for both. Oh, interesting. I did not know that. A couple of John Carpenter movies. That's the problem. Carpenter likes this, <laughs> what's his name? So that's going to happen. Like <laughs> Kurt Russell's boy. boy, right? <laughs> But there's a lot of that if you look, like, consider for Die Hard, consider for Fatal Attraction, consider for this, consider for that, consider for this, consider for that. But, you know, it's funny. The last time we talked about Nick Nolte, Matt, we covered uh, Cape Fear. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And it was kind of cool, Cape Fear, because what a different type of character. Here he is sort of the, not diminutive because he's much bigger than De Niro, but you know what I mean when I say sort of like the beta to the alpha of Max (laughs) Cady. Right, as far as just fucking aggression. <laughs> right. Whereas Nick Nolte has kind of always been a tough son of a bitch, like 48 hours. 48 hours was huge. I, I remember oh, that yeah. as a kid, but that was the fucking Eddie Murphy show, man. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird. It's, true. it's weird. It's a weird thing with Nolte. For no, I mean, I like him. I don't I don't know how great he is. I, I don't know. He, I, I couldn't do what he does, but so I don't know. Like, it's tough to say, man. I, I have no real, I don't know. I don't know what it is with him. I don't know if it's, he never really got, like, you wouldn't, if I say Nick Nolte, you don't go, oh, this movie. Do you know what I'm saying? Right. I do. When you say Nick Nolte, though, I do think of him as hours, a I very, a good actor. I think of him as like a solid actor. You know the other movie that jumps to mind that is honestly, at this point, another movie that's kind of under the radar uh, is Under Fire. Did you ever see that movie? Yeah. That's a good movie, yeah. um, and that that probably got a little more. You know, Gene Hackman's in that, and that probably yeah, he's stole a little so bit good. of the spotlight as well. Ed Harris Although too, Nick, right? What's that? I, Ed Harris. I haven't seen it in years. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. It's it's a good one, and it's a fucking Nicaragua dark, dark movie, man. Yeah. Intense like that. I saw that movie way too young, and that's one of those movies. Like there are several scenes that that are just burned into my brain as far as the kind of violence you saw, and I was like, whoa, right? That's intense. Um. So that's a movie that's always jumped out to me. And I, I've always thought of him as a very good actor, and I've liked pretty much everything I've seen him in. But yeah, there, it's, it's an odd career. Like, you're right. There isn't, there isn't the movie where you're like, oh, this movie with Nick Nolte, you know? Right. Like, if know. I say, like, even if I take a shit, a sh- like a kind of a shit ass, who, who I actually like as a kid, like, if I say Charlie Sheen, you're probably <laughs> going to say Platoon. You're probably, Platoon. you might oh, yeah. say Young Guns. Do you know what I mean? Right. Right. But but if you're talking like if you want to be serious about Charlie Sheen for a minute, you say fucking platoon. Platoon, baby. it's like every actor has the one where you go, oh, of course this, That's and and it one. probably varies per person, right? Like if He's I say Sean Connery, a lot of people are gonna say, well, Hunt for October, but then a lot of people are gonna say, well, James Bond, or or take your fucking pick. You know, you can go way back with him. You go back to the old war flicks. But it's funny, yeah. man. Like I, I don't know. It's uh, I always wondered about that. But he but he works his balls off. He's done a ton of shit. And like you said, I've never watched a movie with him in it performing and went, eh. <laughs> but I've never gone like, wow, fuck, man. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. You know? He's interesting, man. I he like is. him. There's something Me about too. him I like. Me too. I like him. I like that gruff shit. I like that old school sort of masculine thing. I, I dig that. You, you know, know what? You know what is also a really good recent role for him? Did you ever see Warrior with uh, Tom Hardy? Everybody and, tells uh, me to see it, but I'm really, I'm really... I'm really nervous about watching it because everyone says the the fighting is amazing in it, and but then I think mm. it won't be. 
<laughs> like I think it'll be really I mean, Hollywood. I also think it's amazing, but I know way less about fighting than you, so I don't know. I don't know anything about fighting other than the handful of times I've been in them. Um, but I'm talking about like mixed martial arts. Right, yeah. I'm yeah. Saying, I, I still feel like you have a, a much better understanding of that than I do. Right. Um, but I think his his role in that is excellent. Um, and it also, in a weird way, makes very much sense for him. You know, he, sure. he plays an alcoholic father. <laughs> uh, and I feel like he has real passion in that role. You can definitely see. He's good, man. He's a really good actor. That's Tom Hardy, right? Our, our boy Tommy? Yeah, he's Tom Hardy's dad in that movie. Got it. And I know, uh, that's all I know that's in that. Watch his name, maybe, the other guy. Joel. Yeah, he's a good actor for that guy. Oh, yeah. No, he's good. He's really good. Damn good movie, man. I think you'd really like it, actually. Cool. Yeah, it's funny, because if you take someone like Nick Nolte, or even if you compare him to a Michael Ironside, you think of Michael Ironside in a lot of these bit roles, but but super memorable. Such a character actor. Such a villain. Such, yeah. Oh, man. I fucking love Michael Ironside. Me too. He's so badass. You know who my favorite fucking... Like, one of my favorite people in this movie is Clancy fucking Brown. Oh, absolutely. How, how good is he? He's how fucking come people great, dude. don't talk about Clancy Brown more? That's another one. He's yeah, fucking honestly. amazing, man. I, I don't know what it is about him. I think he has such stage presence. I oh, think he's yeah. such a badass. I think he's he's amazing. And he, I know he's in Shawshank and stuff, but, like, he's amazing in Highlander. Like, that, oh, that yeah. was a huge movie Kurgan. back in the day. And what a great fucking villain. Um, oh, he's so good. I like Clancy Brown. I know he's in Lost. Um, he's in a ton of television, but I don't know, man. There's, you know, some guys just just ring with you. They just. I know he's done a lot of voice work and stuff, but like he's just one of those guys where I'm like, I fucking dig Clancy Brown, dude. I just dig it. He's fucking badass. He is. He is cool. And Forsyth is being Forsyth, man. He's such a good. He's such a good unhinged bad guy. Dude, I and honestly, he was actually one of my favorite characters in this movie because of how surprising he is. Yes. You like, think he's a piece of yes. shit. And by the end of the movie, you're like, he's actually yes. one of the more honorable dudes of this Dude, crew. What what I love about this movie is you think they're all pieces of shit. You're like, <laughs> what are these guys doing? Like they're all presumed dead. They're kind of being assholes. They're starting fake fights. Like what what's going on? And then you realize they're sort of after this other cat here. Mm-hmm. And I go, wow, that like that part of it was actually pretty cool to me. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. like that. That's some of the stuff about that subplot I really like. Like the way this movie kind of switches your your expectations for this type of crew, these type of characters, and these guys. I really enjoyed. Uh, you kind of realize instead of realizing how how corrupted a character is by the end of the movie, you start to realize how how pure some of them were. Not completely, but it's like that they still had a real like moral compass, and it, you just couldn't tell first because they've had a pretty rough living they've done. Yeah, exactly. And again, we kind of we kind of dive right into this shit, right? We got our we learn about who they all are, right? All their names. So eighties, fucking putting names on the screen with their background. So eighties. It's so it's so a team. Oh, it's super a team. That's literally ripped right from a team. Fucking but Clancy the, Brown, Buckman Atwater, Charles Biddle, Luther Fry, Declan Patrick Coker. Um, Paul Hackett, of course, is Mike Ironside. I put, uh, I was like, I don't know who these guys are. For Declan Patrick Coker, I put thin-lipped white guy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but yeah, so, um, we, we meet up, these guys are all coming in, they're landing, they're gonna, they have a mission. We don't know what that mission is yet, but we know that there's some familiarity with them. And we get the impression that Paul Hackett, of course, Michael Ironside is their leader. 
So we meet that yes. crew, and then we go right into meeting our main guy as he has a little bit of a standoff. Now, mm-hmm. I miss the day, Matthew, when <laughs> I miss the day when you would call Border Patrol as backup, and they were like heroes with you, you know? <laughs> Some good guys. She's protecting fucking America from criminals, you know? <laughs> They're there to back up the Texas Rangers because these naughty boys came on over and they weren't you know they're not the ones fucking sweeping your hallways oh no <laughs> peddling the, the fucking nose candy not these fucking cabrones <laughs> <laughs> dude i mean fucking nick nolte in a poncho and a white cowboy hat with a fucking lever action rifle i'm sold i'm into it yeah him marching into there, parting the sea of people in this bar as he walks back to the table that our that our fucking bad guys are sitting at. So western, so western. <laughs> oh man! So how do you set, feel about this opening, man? I, I like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like it. I like that he comes in. It, it you know, there's a couple of little things that I found actually kind of neat. So when he comes into this bar in this scene, man, I love that he has the gun sort of pointed away from them. Right. Like it's, you can see it in the shot. He has a kind of a skew. Like he has it up at first and then he has it almost like off to the left instead of pointed directly at the camera. Like you'd imagine if he had it on him because of the way they shoot the scene. Um, and then, you know, he's just saying here, put these fucking handcuffs on. You're a bad guy. So break this down for me. He's a bad guy. And yeah, for, but but he's running, he's running stuff for, uh, for Bailey. Right, yes, because, I mean, he is actually a farmer. Like, he's not lying about that. He just is desperate for money and starts being a mule, basically. Right. I think that's that's essentially what we kind of learn about Does that the mean county. they put drugs up his butt? <laughs> I don't think necessarily. I think you can be a mule without, uh, you know, a, too much anal dexterity. You it's can just true. Be, uh, I did see the film The Mule with Clint Eastwood. It is true, yeah. You can just be an old guy with a nice truck. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, I mean, I, I think that's what's happened in this town is that like industry is, is dying off and, sure. and money is drying up. And Bailey has also taken advantage of that or just being like, well, why don't you just run a little of that nose candy through the border with a duffel bag for me? I'll take care of ya. You know, and that's what these guys have been like, oh, I guess. Fuck it. Sure. Make some money. Yeah. Why not? Fuck it, bro. That's what we have. <laughs> Got nothing else going on, but, um. Yeah, I like this. I like the standoff, get the kilos, guy tries to make a move, and uh, gets himself shot. Gets himself got, dude. I like the surprise this of him not wasting people the in the middle of the bar. This is some Texas shit, man. It's seriously, Western shit, man. Just blows this dude away in the middle of a bar. It's the, I mean, he did draw down on him, but. They don't know it's 1987 in Texas at this time. They still think it's 1887. Exactly. Yeah. They're like, whoops, we forgot to set our clock forward. But in their defense, so do the fucking bad guys are dealing with, right? Exactly. Which is exactly like why they have to act the way they do. This is this is always the the this is always the delicate balance we have between uh you know, any kind of law enforcement and any kind of criminality or or, or, or any kind of competition in general. You kind of have to you you have to embrace the mentality of the criminal <laughs> to compete with a criminal. If you're not willing to blow this guy away in this place, then you're a dead man in that bar because they're going to blow you away. It is true. Right? I mean, fucking, I always think of True Detective, that shit, like keeping the wolves from the door, bad guys keeping worse guys away. All right. Yep. There you go. It's very Western, as you so said. Western. 
Um, what do you think about his, uh, what do you think about um, Maria Conchito Alonso and of course uh, the Sarita character? I dig her. I actually do like I her. I love this um, woman. She couldn't be more Cuban, by the way, and I fucking love her. She's, um, she's you know, <laughs> running man, predator too, all that shit. We've talked about her before a couple times. Right. Yeah. No, the, the main thing I remembered her from uh, was Running Man. That yeah. was the one where I'm like, oh, yeah, she's the girl from Running Man. Yeah. In the Cop and Predator, too. That one I forget. I always forget that she's in that. I remember that was a surprise to me when we rewatched it for the podcast. I was like, oh, yeah, it's her. She's, she's yeah, amazing. Yeah. You know, I, I have a dream that a Cuban woman <laughs> in a towel, all soaked and wet, is standing in my bathroom and slams <laughs> a door and calls me a crazy gringo. That's just like, like a, oh, this is good. Shit. Be, yeah, to be perfectly honest with you, it's a life goal of mine. <laughs> like it's fiery. It's it's kind of a pain in the ass. It's kind of stressful. The sex is great. <laughs> you but, fight a lot, but oh, the yeah, makeup sex. Yeah, but and she, you're crazy gringo. And that's <laughs> what I want. A lot. Yeah, that's what I want. That's it. Nice little titties. I don't, you know, that's, I'm not asking for much here. Just that attitude. We're good. <laughs> just throw that attitude at me. Yep. Stand in my shower naked and yell at me and call me a gringo and slam the door. I want that in my life. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. Yeah. And dude, honest, dude, I know we're jumping ahead, but I actually like that scene so much because of just of like, that is some real life shit right there. It's not the like, I'm laying naked on the bed. She's just like getting out of the shower, just drying her hair off naked while he's brushing his teeth. I'm like, that's the real world. That's, that's real life Fucking right fuck there. So not movie bullshit. That's part of why I like this movie too. There is actually as as crazy as the story gets for an action movie for it, you know, a big kind of grandiose western in some ways that has these big ideas of like, you know, friendship of, of a lifetime that's now, you know, turned into something awful and this big showdown. There's it's pretty fucking realistic in a lot of of interesting moments. Right. I think are way more grounded. Right. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. A fella pulled down on me and Recon. He's dead. Mark. I killed a man today. Killed him. Just a raggedy ass farmer trying to keep his peace in the world. God damn it, son of a bitch. Dude, we can't go by Rip Torn's fucking entrance into this too, man. <laughs> the other dude starts to run and he fucking just smashes his face at the butt of the gun. All right, everybody. Calm I'll down. Smash this goddamn face. Dude, Rip Torn with his Texas accent? He's a beast. I'm fucking all in. Put all my chips in on that. Yeah. Hell yeah. Our boy Powers Booth is from Texas. See, there you go. Right. I'm pretty sure he is. Which is funny. uh, You know who isn't from Texas? I think Clancy Brown is too, actually. That also doesn't surprise me. Nolte's not from Texas, though, right? I don't think so. I I feel like he's from up north. No, he's from from like the Midwest or something. I'll tell you right now. Nebraska. Oh, there you go. That also makes sense. (laughs) Fucking (laughs) corn-fed son of a bitch. Uh, Same with Clancy Brown. He'm a Midwesterner. 6'3", all that corn. <laughs> so much corn, corn. And Jesus make you tall as trees, man. <laughs> there you go. I just need well, me a little corn. Mm-hmm. Yep, me a couple of prayers to Jesus, and I'll be tall as trees. Give me some uncooked red meat. I'm gonna dip it mm. in fucking whole milk. Mm. My mama told me I don't want to be too tall because on account of them tornadoes that come through here, <laughs> might take my hat off and take me with it. <laughs> Guess we ain't cancer anymore and death. Um, so. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. She's like, listen, gringo. Stupid gringo. Why don't you tell me what's wrong? Oh, that accent kills me. Good Lord. Oh, so good. But um, anyway, um, yeah. 
We, we but I like I like that that moment between the two of them too. Like I, all, again, real world shit of like this is you know it's not some big drawn out crazy thing of them like fighting and everything. It's just you know he's in a fucking really rough spot right now, and sure. I feel like part of them having relationship strain is, is more of a reflection of just how bad this community has gotten. Of like it's wearing on them. Um, and I think you, you kind of, that's how you see the wider community of like this dude, you know, fucking big badass Texas Ranger is like having to shoot guys who he knows in his own town. Uh, the situation's gotten so bad and he knows it's all coming from his childhood best friend. Like if you can just see that weighing on him and she kind of knows it, he's just not talking because he's fucking steely eyed Nick Nolte. Cause he's Don't a goddamn red blooded American man. That's why he ain't talking. <laughs> I'll talk about my feelings. I just let them consume me until I have an aneurysm and die. That's right. You kind of, you were kind of doing the Jesse the Body Ventura right there. <laughs> I, I live Navy on a compound. Seal. I'm used to be a Navy SEAL, and I think the government's listening in on my communiques. And it's uh, actually me who shot Osama. Okay. I'll most likely shield for the villains in the WWF. Oh, mean gene, this is a disgrace. Anyway. <laughs> Fuck. Hulk uh, Hogan's in clear violation of the rules, mean gene. But, um, <laughs> that Gawker video was pretty tight, though. <laughs> I sued Chris Brown because he's actually a piece of shit. Oh, did I say that out loud? <laughs> <laughs> I don't give a fuck if he's the American sniper. I'm Jesse the Body Ventura, and I got big arms. (laughs) Real big arms. (laughs) Fucking guy. I can't even complete a belt around them. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit. Yeah. So that's Jesse the Body. (laughs) I'm off the grid. (laughs) Fuck. (laughs) (laughs) I have my water in a well. I pull it up with a bucket. But uh, that's uh, dude. Should we should we talk about uh, the introduction of our boy Powers Booth? Of course, crushing scorpions, crushing scorpions, and crushing ass. <laughs> Just straight crushing scorps, scorpions and asses, dude. Man, now that's why uh, that is definitely a real ass scorpion walking around on his hand. You know, before obviously not the one he crushes, but when it's walking around in his hand, that thing is a live actual scorpion. And For I'm like, sure. did they take? The stinger off that thing? Because fuck, if not, you are crazy. Maybe they put a little like elastic band around it or some shit. <laughs> put a little, a little plastic fucking <laughs> cover over it. Lock up your little poison tail. <laughs> God, you couldn't pay me to fucking hold a scorpion. Yeah, I'll, I'll let a tarantula walk over my fucking face before I would hold a scorpion in my hand. That's funny. I fucking hate him. <laughs> I hate him. I really hate him. <laughs> I don't like him. Ugh. That's like the only bug that actually like fucking bothers me at all. Hmm. You, you fucking throw a bucket of spiders at me. Fuck it. I'm like, ah, it's gross. I don't like it. I got spiders everywhere now, but okay, I'll deal with it. But one fucking scorpion, I'm like, burn it down. Burn the whole fucking building down. <laughs> That's fascinating. Fucking hate him, man. Especially <laughs> considering your, your expertise in the world of uh, pest extermination. I know. I'm fine with all of them. Hmm. Just that one fucker freaks me out. You know why? You know part of why? I don't want to go too far off on this fucking tangent. It doesn't look like it should be on land. It's like some creepy hell lobster. And I'm like, you're not supposed to be. Like, what the fuck are you? 
you don't look like you're supposed to be here. At least spiders look like, yeah, you know, you live on a rock. That's what you do. And you fucking make a web and you eat shit. What the fuck is that creepy prehistoric thing doing here? Mm. Don't like it. Don't trust it. Interesting. I like it. Hate it. <laughs> fuck scorpions. <laughs> is it because of the, uh, the scorpion, the frog, Matthew? Tell the truth. Ooh, I cannot help myself. For I am a scorpion. Yeah, baby. <laughs> it is in my nature. Why did you sting me? <laughs> See, don't trust him. That's the, the more the real moral of that story is don't trust a fucking scorpion. I think the real Stupid moral of the story frog. is don't trust inherently vicious people. Mm, nah, I don't get it. <laughs> yeah, I don't get it. I think I what he's telling me is that this beast that looks like I should be fighting it in Dungeons and Dragons is not to be <laughs> trusted. <laughs> I just, I love the idea of somebody who does not get the most basic meat. They only get the absolute surface level, like Br'er, <laughs> like Br'er rabbit stories. They're like, yeah, you got to stay out of like thorns. Those are bad. Like, they hurt. That's yeah. what I learned. Yeah. <laughs> That's bad. Uh, the, uh, w- you know, stop to sniff the roses just literally means that you should smell roses sometimes because they smell nice. I do that all the time. They don't smell great, but I, you know, I do it because I mean, that's story. okay. That's it kind of reminds me of funerals, which is a bit sad, but I do it because that's what the thing says. No, I don't think you get it. <laughs> what don't I get? It's literally saying like, and then you get real combative and argumentative. You're like, no, it literally <laughs> says you should sniff the roses. Oh man, dude. I feel like we are only a generation or two away from that kid. They only understand the most literal Cause thing. Cause they're, they're all autistic. Cause all they do is read their phone all day. They don't know how to interact with people. Is that what you're talking about? Uh, like metaphor, symbolism? I don't know. Huh? What? <laughs> Inference? I, 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 you have to tell me what it is. Who knows? Jesus, but check out scary. my TikTok videos. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> that's, one for the young, that's one for the youngsters. That really is. I don't even, I barely know what that is. <laughs> I, I barely know too. Ah, 30 in nine days. <laughs> <laughs> You fuck. Oh, shit. You fuck. Anyway, um, so, yeah, Scorpion, dudes fly in, and uh, there's some plot stuff that we need to go over here, which is they are casing something. Let's talk about the military subplot as we see it at around the 15-minute mark. Right. They are, for one, they're doing all this, like you said, they're casing these guys and they're watching Bailey's men, the actual, the men who arrived at uh, Bailey's place just before, watching them bring these suitcases in and deposit things at the uh, the bank in the safety deposit box. Mm-hmm. First, there's a bit of a, a bit of a message being sent, which is, uh, I guess, uh, an explosive rabbit. <laughs> yes. Gonna which drop kills off a t- this nice rabbit. Which kills a, a Texas Ranger, I guess. Right. That was a fucking weird scene. I know they were trying to keep it mysterious here, but I, it took me a little bit longer. I was like, wait, what the fuck? Why did it blow up a rabbit and kill a guy? All right. This will make yeah. sense eventually. Right. And, um, of course, the, the other part of this is they, they um, uh, Nolte, of course, he wants to meet because he knows Bailey is responsible. Yes. So he, he threatened, he menaces this dude, and he just says, listen, listen, Vato. Go back across the border, get your boss, get your white boss in his white suit, and uh, <laughs> and tell him I want to meet with him. That's it. Because he knows the shit is, the, he's the source of all these new problems. Yep. I love the uh, I love the line, too, by Clancy Brown, where he's like, a cop hit me once, he died. 
<laughs> and then he's like, he but the, but it's so anticlimactic, and it, and it's almost like subverting expectations, because then he says something like, "Oh, you killed him." He's like, "No, you got hit by a car." Yeah, <laughs> by by an, an LTD, which is why I like Fords or something, right? I love that line. That's right. Yeah, that's right. And, that's then, why I like and then he's just, and then I'm just like, that's so anticlimactic. You could just reduce that to the ridiculous. Like, I got hit by a cop once, and he died when he was like 86, <laughs> like 23 years later. Man, <laughs> saw it in the newspaper. Had a little chuckle. Crazy man. He just, you know, the uh, emphysema started to get the best of him. He smoked for a while, probably. I forgot about the time he hit me and, uh, well, just ended up <laughs> we, perishing after a long, long time. You mean we you both revenge? moved on, even, even reconnected on Facebook many years later. Yeah, and I mean, we were <laughs> cool. Boring. We were cool with it. She's like, wait, what? This story's terrible. You mean you didn't get revenge? Revenge? Hell no. I sent him flowers, man. <laughs> I think, <laughs> like, that's it. Like, if you just keep pushing that to ridiculous, it reminds me of, he hit me once and then he died. Oh wow! You many like, many years later, <laughs> yeah. surrounded by his family and friends, and actually, I sent some flowers as well. No, a terrible car accident six months later. Damnedest thing! What? The story's <laughs> terrible, Clancy. <laughs> Clancy, the story took fifteen minutes. Jesus. <laughs> well, and then uh, I ended up connecting with his son, who he's estranged from after his death. A couple years after that. <laughs> And we ended up going to a ball game, and uh, I told him a lot of stories about his dad and and how his dad hit like a truck. God damn, his son was proud to hear that, I'll tell you. Uh, listen, I got to go to work. Is there a revenge story here? I'm no, going to leave you on this park bench. Yeah, he just keeps talking and talking. Look at this right here. He shows him his phone. He's like, look, he liked this photo just three weeks before he died. He's showing you on his iPhone. Fuck. And it's like, but it has like... It has the update and like he didn't hasn't updated iOS in like four years because he's like that guy, you know, who's like too old to know how. <laughs> and he's like, well, you know, it's hard being homeless though. Couldn't hold out a job after my TBI from that time he hit me. And you're like, wait, what? You, you just keep ruined your life the- though? Yeah. <laughs> you just keep looking at his phone and you're like, how big is your font? Dude, it's huge. Are you blind? He could only see one word at a time of a Facebook. Every status. app he scroll, opens, scroll, is, scroll. Every app he opens is just loaded with ads. <laughs> He's like, "Oh goddamn, hold on, I got another Candy Crush request." No, look right here. Yeah, no, wait. Okay, you started this by saying a copy of me once he died. How are we here? What did I do? It's been half an hour. I'm not a goddamn <laughs> murderer. Goddamn it. Uh, fuck. Yeah. Oh, so Here's good. a picture of me and his kid at the uh, AAA game. Can't really afford MLB tickets anymore. <laughs> Weirdest story. That's the yeah, yeah. The fucking Cardinals uh, farm team. <laughs> anyway, enough of the cop hitting him once and he died. But uh, yeah, tell me about the meeting between uh, between old childhood pals, Bentine and Bailey. Old Cash pal. Bailey, Cash Bale. Hilarious, by the way. Dude, Cash Bailey. Uh, oh, can I just say something before you even yeah. do this? Uh, one of the things I really like about this movie is actually the characters. Yeah, dude, they're solid. They're pretty solid. And, you know, I, I appreciate that we see everybody being competent. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Like, nobody is a, is a fuck up. Nobody, everybody is on top of their shit. Like, I even love the scene when he's walking up, you know, just the, to the initial, to Tiny Lister and Lupo. Uh, uh, I love dudes. him. Love him. 
Dude, these guys. But fucking uh, sheriff. The sheriff is staying back behind, got his rifle trained on them. Mm-hmm. And just such a great line from Nolte when they're like, give us your gun belt. And he's like, I don't give up my guns at all. Yeah. Fucking it's just unflinching. Dude. Texas. Texas. And I love it. <laughs> and, the, and the shit about the range was cool. He's like, just aim eight inches over his head and you'll hit him. It's <laughs> pretty cool because he's like, this range is fucked. Like, I don't like this barrel at this range. And he's like, just aim oh, high shit. and you'll hit him in the face. Look <laughs> <laughs> at him right in his dumb face. It's funny. <laughs> I was talking to my buddy once. He's a boxer. It's pretty cool. Like, he's tucked, I've talked to him a lot and shit. He's, he's a cool cat. And he was saying, you know, a lot of times during your boxing, he's like, showing me all this shit. And he's like, a lot of times you just sort of aim for like the upper chest. Yeah. Like you're not really throwing blows at like faces as much. Like when you're just sort of pawn and, and, and jabbing and feeling around and stuff. And he was like, he, he was fucking golden gloves. He did a ton of boxing. He said, you kind of, you can't really move your chest. Like guys have a lot of great head movement. It's tough to like, like right. a good, a good fighter. You're never going to hit number one. If you're, especially if you're not trained. But like the, all that head movement, the the slip in, the back in, the all the fucking ducking, the weaving and shit. And he was like, "That's why a lot of guys just kind of aim right for like right up up chest, right below the collarbone, like right up there." Because a lot of times you end up smashing guys right in the face because <laughs> of all the movement. <laughs> it's tough to move the True. chest, you know. And I remember like being a little kid, my my even my grandfather was like, "You fucking put your helmet right between the numbers." Like we was talking about tackling. Like right. always aim for yeah. the numbers. Like they can fool you with their head, man. They can fucking juke you, you know. But exactly. they can't. It's tough to slide your chest. I always just he's just go right for the fucking chest every time. <laughs> anyway, I just like that. I appreciate. I guess my point in telling you that was to make myself sound really cool that I talked to a boxer. Number one, dude, Dino's a boxer. <laughs> and then number two, to also highlight that um, I liked that from Jack Benteen. It was fucking cool. Like for him to say, "Aim high." In like, based on the gun I know and the range it is, you'll hit him in the face. Right. It's cool. That just shows you something about the character where he knows something. And there's a lot right. of that in this movie. There's a lot of that with John Milius, I feel like. Dude, I was just going to say, yeah. Like, that's that's one of the differences, like, I feel like in dialogue from movies like this and, and especially stuff that John Milius has touched of where in a lot of action movies, it's like you just see guys running around with guns and spraying and, and falling dead and hitting each other. And that's kind of it. But it's like when you, just the way these guys hold interact with load clean and talk about guns you're like they actually know what they're talking about yeah like i know i know two boxers by the way actually three oh wow damn dude so can you how many points is that that's so like on the podcast so far how many points does each boxer i know get me (laughs) do they go gentle on you or like like all three at once or Mm, i don't know i guess (laughs) we could do like a circus seal thing depends on the day depends on the day depends how if i'm feeling loosey goose I might take a run at all three, but no, um, the thing I've been trying to say for like 20 minutes is that I, I was reading somewhere that Walter Hill had a lot to do with the characters in this movie and the way they are, which is fascinating because I also read the same thing about Walter Hill's input into aliens. Oh, interesting. Makes sense, right? Kind of these colorful characters. Yeah. Cause that's, that is something else about this movie that I enjoyed about it. Everybody does feel stand out and singular in their own way like that nobody blends together as like background nonsense characters i mean there are some that aren't quite as prominent but i feel like they all still have like identifiable motivations and why they're here and you know their their character stands out Hmm. 
against the other ones. The other like thing even I'm, like I I feel like the, the dudes in the zombie crew that's part of why that that plot didn't bother me as much because as time goes on you kind of see them all emerging in different ways as far as like their suspicions of what's going on and what they care about like that stuff worked man. What do you what do you think this movie would be if let, like let, let's just play the he loses this role, he loses yet another role to say to Kurt, Kurt Russell. Russell? Yeah. <laughs> so brutal. <laughs> <laughs> I just wonder, like, I think of Clint Eastwood in this role, and I think he'd be almost too much for the ensemble <laughs> cast. Like, he's so, he's, like, he's just so, I mean, I think, I think Powers Booth could hold his own with Clint, to be perfectly frank, but, but I almost feel like he'd, he'd be too much. That's, that makes it true, like, almost classic Western there. Right. I wonder how, I wonder how Kurt Russell would have fared in this flick. I think he could pull this off, but I, I think, yeah, Nick Nolte's got, Nick Nolte's got the hard kind of edge to it but the hard living edge to him about he's also this as well. a, a more imposing guy size wise yeah like i know true. that doesn't mean anything but it does when you're when you're shooting movies like he just has a he looks imposing and big oh yeah you don't have to Early do fuckery boy. with nick nolte he's just a, a big boy <laughs> exactly sense. big old boy he's the big old boy Mm-mm-mm. but anyway take me to the next moment oh we we have our fucking white suited villain Powers Booth arriving in his helicopter, mm-hmm. uh, rip torn, keeping cover on everything, and basically coming back over and in trying to uh, reinitiate good times. <laughs> That's what I love <laughs> about Cash Bailey in this movie. He's like, "Come on now, I'm just why a charming motherfucker. Like <laughs> <laughs> Come on, why got me like that now, Jack?" <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that, just the difference in their temperament is just stands out so strong of like he's always smiling he's cracking jokes and I'm still trying to like needle him get him laughing a little and fucking at this point Benteen's just not having it he knows what he's responsible for yeah but he offers to fucking bring him on man he offers to bring him into his operation like yeah stop being a bad stop being a fucking Texas Ranger I'll pay you a hundred thousand dollars a year let's have a listen to some of this dialogue shall we mm well, we all move on, don't we? Mm-hmm. What's on your mind, Jack? I know you didn't come down here to tell me how good-looking I still am. I come over to talk about the bomb that went off yesterday. I got two people dead. Yeah, well... You know, I heard that one fella got killed. It was unreliable, like to cheat his partners. I had to hold out on him. Say, so did you get a look at that? You ought to pick you up one of these things. Some bitch is great. You take them out a cannon on or rack you up some bombs, if that's your thing, go hunt some goddamn hogs. <laughs> I love that he's just like chumming up with him like, I blew a cop away. I blew him up. But dude, this helicopter is amazing. You should get a helicopter. <laughs> They're great. <laughs> it's ridiculous. And then they continue. Let me put it back on. Saves both the world of grief. We ought to work together. You could be a hundred thousand year man right now, and I'm the man that pays. You can buy me cash, hell, you always could. But you can't buy the badge one without the other. Ain't no goddamn good. Powers Booth don't like that, man. Mm, mm, It's like you said, he offers him a job and no dice, baby. No dice. No fucking dice. And this this is when we also learn that Sarita had been with Cash Bailey. Sarita, I get every big, sexy, swinging, white penis in Texas. 
<laughs> I collect them all. Mm, gotta I catch love, them all. I love the white boy. That's the other thing I need. <laughs> In my fantasy of being yelled, I'm a crazy gringo and door slammed, wet lady in a towel i want to be fetishized matt i don't i'm okay Come, with it comes in and yells at you and slaps you in the face and just hard starts kissing hard mm-hmm. kiss she just knows it would make her dad so mad and i don't it's just perfect <laughs> everyone's parents so angry next thing you know by the end of the movie i'm fighting her brother in a knife fight for her honor <laughs> or some shit this is a damn good movie it's fucking sick i kind of want to be in it <laughs> Fucking death. Don't kill my brother, Dean. No. <laughs> you have him like in a rear naked choke with like a knife up to his eye. And you let her go. And then tragically, he stabs you. Oh, no. No, green. And she sings a sad Mexican song at my funeral. I fucking love this movie. <laughs> oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> Everybody shows up that dubbed me honorary Mexican from the LSG group. They 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 weep big, Aye, like that, Aye, clutching their rosary. It's called knives of passion. <laughs> That's a horrible name, but it's got a perfect horrible. It's perfect, Dog isn't it? But it's perfect. It is <laughs> knives of passion. Holy shit! Oh fuck! Yeah. Yeah, we overcome a lot of like racial differences and stuff. It's really like kind of beautiful <laughs> through <in the> banging, <laughs> through fucking. <laughs> it's beautiful. Yeah, <laughs> I have a line in the movie like it's all pink in the middle, but they're like, "No, we're gonna cut that." <laughs> That's, it, it makes you less favorable. It I mean, sounds yikes. like you may be dissecting her. Like, we can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! Knives of passion. But, but basically, man, this fucking scene. They, this is the mountain and the wind fucking clashing. Yeah, like they're exactly. not going to move. They are, they are intractable, even though there's still a little bit of familiarity here, you know, and, and fondness for the past. But this ends with fucking Cash being like, by the way, next time we meet, I just have a feeling there's going to be a killing happening. Mm-hmm. Just a feeling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, oh, In the next scene, uh, William Forsythe, Forsythe calls his buddy the N word. And uh, they start a fight, and that leads to them getting arrested so they can conduct surveillance of the police station from inside the police station. Dude. That's bold. I love it. That's bold. That's fucking bold. And I just love the way this they fucking go at each other in the middle of this line. Like, you can tell after the fact that they, like, had fun doing that. Right. <laughs> They're like, hell yeah, that was fun. <laughs> fucking punch you in the face. Everybody freaks out. Go to jail. Oh shit! It's so good. It's funny because the first time I watched, I'm like, I don't really understand what's going on. Is he really mad at him? And then I was like, Right? Oh, I yeah. was like, Aren't these dudes on the same side? That's what I was thinking too. I was so confused because I don't really understand the movie at all. But like their part in it was utterly confusing until it started to get revealed. <laughs> uh, and at the same time, our boy fucking Ironside heading in, pretending, Oh, we got to talk about you know your security issues. I'm a, a consultant, basically. Mm, yeah, so great. And I love, I love the black nerd role, you know? <laughs> These guys with their horn-rimmed gra- glasses and their fucking high-water pants and their white girlfriends and their fucking 10-speeds, like, they think they're the original black nerd? Fuck that shit. Get fucked. <laughs> Wait, La- Larry B. Scott was way ahead of you guys. Y'all, y'all need <laughs> to lay at the feet of Larry B. Scott, the original fucking black nerd. He, dude, original. he's 
he's before Theo in Die Hard. Oh, shit. You're right. This does predate that. It, by only a year, but it does, right? The shit. quarterback is toast. That guy. Oh, God. <laughs> Fucking dweeb. <laughs> yeah, man. That's what I like about that's what I like about this character, dude. That's what I like about him. Charles Biddle. He doesn't need <laughs> horn room glasses. He doesn't need a fucking like ironic afro. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? He's just like, listen, I'm a fucking nerd. And I'm black. Isn't that sick? He's just fucking and I'm smart, not, dude. And I'm not peacocking about it. <laughs> smart ass dude getting done. This fucking guy's super efficient. He does he's the goddamn backbone of the whole operation. I mean, pretty like, much. He's capturing all the information in the van. He's logging all of the information. He also has a strong moral compass, which we learn about, because he gets pissed off at Fry's death, and he's not afraid to talk about it. Yeah, like he's the guy. one who speaks up about it. He's fucking got integrity, goddammit. <laughs> but boy, do we have a, a laundry list of weaponry in this place. So there, it seems like an over-elaborate thing for information that you probably could have assumed. You know what I mean? <laughs> a like, little bit, yeah. Police officers have tons of guns in Texas. No kidding. <laughs> right if but a, that's, if dude, a cowboy that's, gets drunk these boys is ready <laughs> fucking great line by William Forsyth but shit no this is this is porn for for Milius yeah. and Hill Hell like yeah, let's dude. lay out these dudes working and I love that they Case look like the just place. fucking schmoes they just look like guys yeah they they all got that like apparently that that like hopper body's hot now from um, Stranger Things god bless them fucking thanks <laughs> <laughs> you gonna stop going to the gym <laughs> fucking finally Jesus I, you tell me I can stop picking up weights <laughs> just go just roll with that dad body and some good some good chest hair and facial hair just fucking yeah. go to town somewhere Seth Rogen is like screaming like I made a comedy <laughs> about fucking a girl out of my league now this fucking guy comes along yeah y'all better well, be, he y'all, made himself cool y'all better be calling Seth Rogen and apologizing to him for being fat and knocking that girl up in that movie knocked up <laughs> <laughs> he was the pioneer yeah but they all have that body in this movie except Ironsides uh, I mean I don't mean all of them specifically spe- specifically Forsyth and uh, uh, Sergeant Luther Fry played by Dan Tullis Jr. by the way <laughs> oh, shit. I don't remember what happened to him although he's uh, the last thing he did was like 2003 which was TV oh shit mm. yeah I don't know don't know him yeah but yeah, this is also you know, the next scene when when the sheriff rolls in with a little bit of his recon. This is where we find out that uh, our boy Cash Bailey used to be an informant. Yeah, how about that, dude? Used to be. And then he was like, huh, drug money's pretty sweet. <laughs> Actually, I think I'm going to just turn that away. Right. Shit. Yep. Can't completely blame him. Look at him in that white suit. Says Riptorn, dressed up like Pancho Villa Army. <laughs> he's still play acting <laughs> like he's still a kid. Uh, this this is my the Riptorn shit I love. Where he's like, he's playing the easy way. The evil way's always been the easy way. Yep, path least resistance, baby. Crooked That's men, it, man. Nah. Like at crooked rivers and crooked men. <laughs> Fucking love him. And, and I I, I like how our guy. I I, I like how Ben Benteen's just like. Well, I still like him. And he's like, well, you're going to get bushwhacked. What do you think of that? So So Crazy Green goes back in bed with Sarita. Sarita. Sarita the Scorcher. Fucking (laughs) red hot Scorcher. Oh, yeah. You gringos never learn. You beat up one of us. Word gets around quick. That I fucking thought was really cool. (laughs) Right. Like they're fucking on to oh I'm, another a cop beats up another Mexican dude yeah we heard <laughs> shit got shit got around 
real quick. Yeah. Still doesn't stop her from smoking that nope. pole. <laughs> no, I need you rough and a little. I need you rough and muffle a little. Gave him some chucking. <laughs> I told you, nada. Oh, this is this is that scene. This is Dean's scene. This is my scene, dude. That real life shit. Just a sexy Cuban lady coming out of the shower. Yep. I, uh, a sexy Cuban lady playing a Mexican lady. There's been a lot of that going around. The last one was Venezuelan. The fuck Mexicans can't act? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Hollywood. Not that I want Maria Conchita Alonso not in this movie, because clearly I'm in love with her. But I like, uh, I, I like the... Um... Oh, dude, guess what? You were wrong. She's not Cuban. Are you serious? Yeah. You know what she is? What? Venezuelan. <laughs> no, no way. Yeah, she is. No, dude. <laughs> Just looked it up. She's born in Cuba. Oh, that's fuck. What the fuck? She might You're have right. been raised in Venezuela. In, but maybe she must have lived in Venezuela most of her life, I yeah. guess. I was like, dude, you kind of ruined this whole fantasy. <laughs> like close <laughs> borders. Be. I take a rap have. over there, sneak in. <laughs> have no fear. She was <laughs> fucking kill a couple of fucking commies on the way out. <laughs> <laughs> Just Garrett. Yes. Shh. Centralize this. <laughs> Oh, that is so sassy. Take me to your capitalist country of freedom. No problem, lady. <laughs> I want to see a Walmart. That's how it kind of starts, and then it gets into like the arguing later. <laughs> we kind of run the whole, I got a real fantasy laid out here. <laughs> I really dig it, actually. Oh, shit. Yeah. Crazy gringo. Uh, yeah, say it again. again. Oh, I love the way she says it. Fucking smack me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, um, yeah, he's he's... He's classic fucking alpha male old school Gary Cooper shit, right? Like, oh, yeah. you know, you think he's going to give you, tell you his feelings? I don't talk about sassy feelings. Yeah. He's not a fucking Sally. This <laughs> 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 is. Uh, and she is pissed. Mm-hmm. Because she knows that this also involves cash. I just want to tell you something real right now. It's not strong. Okay, Jack? It's very cowardice. It's cowardice. It'd be much stronger to admit your feelings and tell them to me and to show vulnerability. That would take real courage. But he just no. punches a hole in the wall and he's he just, marches away. He's just fucking, she's just dumping like hardcore therapy shit on him. <laughs> it takes courage to admit your feelings. You are being a coward. He's punching holes in the fucking tile. <laughs> See, she's got to try a different approach. She's got to do it. She's got to like just, you know, tell him that while she's sitting on his face. <laughs> I think you'll be more receptive. <laughs> That's what it takes to crack open that nut. Yeah, I don't think he'd allow her to sit on his face. I think that'd be, I think he, that'd be too bitchly for him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he strikes me as not into that. <laughs> not a, no box at all. No, I'm just saying, not. He's not gonna. Have, you're not gonna sit on his face. <laughs> you lay down, and he's gonna be a goddamn man about it. <laughs> That's what he thinks. Lay down. <laughs> I'm from Texas, goddammit. I have a reputation to protect. I'm going to put some corn cob holders on either side of you. <laughs> I'm just saying you should tell me about your feelings, your deep insecurities. Have some courage, Jack. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, that's not what happens. But no, he is sorry. emotionally unavailable. Absolutely. Don't push me. Push you. Don't push you. So I don't know what she's getting at, but I guess after two years, she's, uh, yeah. And that stress mm, carries yeah. over into his work day. Classic. Oh, but of course. 
And I love, I love the sheriff showing up. Morning. He's like, I ain't a good morning. He's like, I didn't say good morning. I just said morning. Mm. Jesus, crab up your ass. Father about cash. She, she's in every part of my life. That's kind of mm. annoying. <clears throat> <laughs> yeah. See, that's ah, that's what I like about his attitude as this character. I'm like, this is one of the few times where I'm like, it's not the like bullshit, lame anti-hero trope where they're just like, I hate everything all the time. Like for the situation he's in his own childhood friend being involved in all of this and, and having been the ex of his you know <laughs> girl and all this, he's literally just like, it's fucking seeping into my whole community. My fucking pol- uh, fellow officers are dying by this guy. And this guy is probably going to try and fuck my girl again. Fuck everything. Yeah. Just bounce. Bro. I don't blame him. <laughs> Move to New Hampshire. It's fine. Just let it go. <laughs> There's no border there. It's fine. Just get the fuck out of there. <laughs> Jesus. No, just get up to New Hampshire. I don't know if you're going to find any uh, hot Cubans raising Venezuela there, but, well, you do what sure. you got to do. <clears throat> oh, shit. I also uh, like one the star here, unsubscribe. I don't like the way they fetishize some other ethnicities. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh shit! <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know he hates sex. That guy. Um, oh my god, boy! No, actually, shit. That actually even reminds me of a time a uh, a Latin woman <laughs> told me oddly, "I'm just into white men," and I was like, mm, "That feels a little weird," but I'm still going to run with this. <laughs> Didn't stop me at all. <laughs> I'll take it. I see what you did there. I'll take it. I see what you did there. Well played. Hear that, everybody. <laughs> Oh, Matty Anderson's an expert. Didn't post on Twitter. Mm, huh? Didn't need to. What? What? I said didn't need to post it on Twitter. Yeah, you just said it on the podcast. That's easy. Yeah, exactly. Way easier. Now everyone will be like, damn, that guy is the best lover of all time. He's amazing. Exactly. Dude, I also, I know him. like four boxers. It's fucking crazy, man. Four? They taught me a lot of shit. I know four of them. How fucking dare you? How many jujitsu guys you know? <laughs> like 17. Dude. Ah, I got you there, bitch. <laughs> 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 Where are we in this fucking movie? Um, You were saying you basically lived my fantasy, and I think we were getting into... (laughs) I forget. Well, this is is when the sheriff's back in his office. Oh, let's talk about Riptorn getting killed. Ooh, yeah, this is it. Dude, I fucking did not expect this. I thought Riptorn was going to be in this movie for at least the halfway mark. Yeah, it was very unexpected, but kind of awesome. Fucking hell. By the way, know, what the fuck, store owner? They like know him. <laughs> yeah. This is horrible. So fucking dark. This guy's a piece of shit. Fuck this Arturo guy. This I hope he died for a while. Dude, yeah. Fuck him. That, he that, sucks, that totally shocked me. Me too. They're like, oh, it's Arturo's place. Let's go down there. We know Arturo, right? Mm-hmm. He probably did all the paperwork, right? He's on That's the up it, and up. Man. He's above board, this guy. But right. you just can't they, trust him. That's my problem. See, and that's honestly why I like uh, – that's another aspect of this movie I really, really like of that it's this kind of um, – it almost more feels like an evil that has seeped into everything and corrupted everything. And it's like they're people they literally know and have talked to and like are, are you know acquainted with in the community. Fucking nope. <laughs> Can't try – they'll fucking literally shoot you in the back now for drug money. That's just the way it is. It's how it goes. When push now. comes to shove, everybody sticks with their own kind. I've been telling you this for years, Matthew. <laughs> you, you never listen. You never listen. I've been telling you, push comes to shove with these Mexicans. You better watch your back, boy. They're always going to stick up Easy. for their own, all right? 
Not in front of my hot Cuban girlfriend, Grandpa. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, Cuban, Mexican, whatever. <laughs> yep. Yep. They stick to their own. Things get weird. They'll turn on you. Like what? A, like a fucking wild animal? Like a domestic puma? You psychopath. <laughs> They'll tell you can't trust him. <laughs> anyway. Dude, I just noticed. It's so dark. A fucking Riptorn actually even says, Arturo, get over there where I can keep an eye I know. on you. I'm like, fuck. He really was. He was right. He was fucking right. I know. I'm like, shit, like, you should have made Arturo damn, fucking prof- lay on the ground. I was, like, on. I was like, damn, Plur, he's profiling that dude. <laughs> and then that dude killed him. And I was like, damn, Plur. Damn, player, you should have profiled that dude. Damn. Damn, player. And then I was like, damn, player. (laughs) 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 But shit, dude, this thing breaks out so fast and hard. Yeah, it gets shot. The gunplay, man. Fucking back shooters. Back shooting son of a bitch. Yep. But yeah, like it goes for it. I just love how there's no real start to it. It's just he starts walking over, you know, toward the, the shop to say, you know, find out what's going on and he's just literally like jack fucking a guy pops up with a rifle and just starts opening up and it just goes haywire you know what i like about this movie i like that that you see a lot of firing and moving fire and move fire and move yeah man pretty cool i'm not saying the gunfights are overly realistic but that aspect of it i appreciated instead of like this static like nobody's moving everyone moves in this movie Dude, yeah, and I, I mean, it's the biggest, the biggest silly action trope is the hero just standing where he is and turning different directions and wasting right. dudes, like just in open ground. Like, dude, you're you, dead. you mean like, like you mean like Lone Wolf McQuaid? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> as badass as Chuck Norris makes it look, ah, he'd been dead about forty times over in that movie. <laughs> so fucking dead. A yeah. bullet just ricochets to the ground, goes through his chin and out to his ear. Just, <laughs> just fucking horrible, brutal, awkward death. Like, that's the real shit. I think I found his eye over here, Hoss. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> he crazy, choked to death on his blood for crazy, 10 minutes. Crazy crime scene. It's fucking gnarly. He should have got, you know, he should have went for cover. It was all over the place. <laughs> cover schmover. <laughs> Who uses it? <laughs> everyone. Oh. No, they literally <laughs> teach that to everyone. <laughs> Do they? To yeah. anyone. <laughs> <laughs> I don't go for cover. I'm a soldier. That is absolutely basic part of basic training. Well, where are you going? Why are you running off on your own? Because I'm a soldier. Oh, no. They don't teach that either. <laughs> yeah. I got two guns going to Kimbo. No, definitely don't do that, though. Stay with <laughs> you guys and take cover, though. I'm going to break off my iron sights and just fire from the hip. <laughs> Hold on. Let me pull the pin out of this grenade with my teeth. Oh my god! You, okay. Wow! I actually just ripped one of my fucking teeth out. <laughs> I think I'll make some dental work, and then he gets shot in the face because he's not in cover. <laughs> I'm gonna pump this shotgun with one hand. I dropped it <laughs> like an asshole. <laughs> I wish you could see just a, 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 a super clip of outtakes of all the oh nonsense in action movies that they fuck yes. up. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's like you know when you see the great comedy movie premise right there two guys who are forced into an action movie scenario in real life and start try to do the action movie shit and it just goes (laughs) to hell Mm -hmm. oh man fuck that's good it's really good it's real nice (laughs) try to throw a knife by the blade and cut their own finger off yeah fuck none of this shit works none of this shit works (laughs) and then um these uh 
couple of Mexicans that got away. Well, one white dude, one Mexican that got away. They fucking come across Clancy Brown and Michael Ironside. Bad day for them. Dude, uh, and I love how much of a bitch that Michael Ironside pretends to be. Dude, He's like, oh, fellas. It's the most hilarious thing in the world. Because it's like, you know him. Because it's (laughs) such utter bullshit. Just his voice alone. You're like, nah, I'm good. (laughs) You're like, that guy will like cut our throats. It's like the scar (laughs) on his face, the black soulless eyes. But dude, he plays it so well. Like I love how he like he has his hands up, he backs away, he bumps into the door of the car kind of <laughs> awkwardly, like he's scared. Like, oh guys. It's like it's oh, like it's a so wolf good. wearing grandmother's clothes. You're like, wait a minute. Exactly. This, this, this doesn't look right. My instincts are telling me to run. No, no, come on in, little red riding hood. Ooh. I'm a little love- bitch. <laughs> I just love that the dude you know comes over to and he's like, yeah, I want this station wagon. And he's like, I'll take the station wagon, man. It's fine. And the guy's like, I think I want you dead too. And tries to go to the machete and he just immediately fucking disarms and drops him to his knees and breaks his neck. It's so his insane. Like, While Clancy Brown fucking ventilates the other guy. Dude, just walks over to it. That is the most brutal I shit. I love it. That, dude, that is something you don't see as often in movies anymore. Dude, just walking over, standing over somebody on the ground. Just, I'm like, that is dark. Just to make uh, sure, man. Just to make sure. <laughs> dude, I feel like the last time I saw that was uh, fucking Pan's Labyrinth. The fucking general just dude. standing over to just emptying a fucking pistol into somebody's face. Like, God. What does he know he was bashing it? Well, that was the bottle, but he also oh, stands bottle, over a dude and just like, just like plink, right. plink, 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 and just like empties like five more shots into a dude's head. You're like, yeah. God damn, dude. Hell yeah. Not even an open casket for this guy. This <laughs> <Nope>. bastard. <laughs> Brutal. Yep. So those guys get murdered. And I like this cop here. This guy, he's in The Crow. I always think of him in The Crow. Marco Rodriguez. He's a great bit actor. He's- oh, is that, is that the, like the, the, oh, the dude with the mustache. Yeah. 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 You're a beat cop, so be a beat cop. He's that guy from The Crow. He was in Cobra, too. We've talked about this guy a few times. Like, it's weird. Damn. Yeah. He's been in all these little, like, small movies. I mean, big movies, small parts. Right, right. And he's still going. Damn, yeah. He's still letting all kinds of shit. A lot of TV, a lot of these reboots he's in. But, yeah, he's a, he's a big TV guy. I think that's where he mostly is. He had that big part in Eastbound and Down, Roger Hernandez. Oh, shit. Yeah, that fucking show is hilarious, man. Oh, I still need to finish that show. I've only ever gotten like halfway through the second season, and I've never finished it. Yeah, it's funny. It's so fucking good. So he's mostly TV. He did the sli- He did sliders. We got to do a sliders oh, commentary. It's been a Dude, minute. we need to do a sliders commentary. I'm fine. Uh, no, I was thinking about that like last week. I'm like, hey, man, I haven't watched sliders in so long. <laughs> <laughs> he was in Rock- Walker, Texas Ranger. There you go. Shit, my boy. Yeah, Star Trek Next Gen. My guy, he's been in everything. What Damn. a kind of what kind of a neat career, dude! Because like he can walk the fucking streets. Right he can walk that's the a, streets. This guy, totally, totally. But he's, but he's like, been, he's I've like, worked with everyone. He's like, I guarantee, I've been in a television show or movie that you have heard, seen or heard of, probably fucking seen. Mm-hmm. And he's got plenty of money. You know, it's not like you know what I'm saying. Oh yeah, working fucking actor, dude. But that's a whole podcast right there, following the fucking career of of a of a smaller actor who's just been in a ton of shit and, and yes. big recognizable things, and just like going down their whole career. Yeah, dude, that's a that's that's a fucking podcast. Well, Patented, that- trademarked. You can't take it, listeners. It's mine. <laughs> um. Well, this kind of wraps up. This is where um, we get some some more surveillance we see happening. But really, what's cool here is the 
stuff with our guy pretending to be a DEA agent, Michael Ironside. Yes, coming in close. Because they, you know, we should say too, like story-wise, Clancy Brown and Michael Ironside were only there doing recon because these were some of the dudes who had been involved that they'd already been watching earlier. Um, And this is just like another place that they were going. Right. Uh, And so that's how they kind of cross paths with Jack Benteen. For sure, man. So this is when, yeah, this is when the fucking major... Michael Ironside's like, all right, we need, get close. we need to get close to him now, too. We need to major. You know, scope him out. Uh, who's a major? He was a major in Predator, too, right? Ironside? No, no. Um, Arnold, I think he was a major as well. Major. Oh, was he? Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah where right. U.S. issued armor boots, Billy was saying. Major. <laughs> Remember, he calls over to him? I'm pretty major. sure. <laughs> yeah. Oh, shit. So... We didn't say who bounty this, did we? We did not. Drayton Holmes, right? I do believe so. Yeah, which is we his fought. second. He did two on this go because he did Mr. Brooks. Oh, Mr. Brooks. Mr. Brooks, baby. <laughs> Mr. Brooks, baby. Fucking love that <laughs> shit. <laughs> two solid choices, Drayton. Yeah. Worth fucking, yeah. Well, <laughs> but, uh, let's, uh, let's listen to our girl sing. You want to? <laughs> Let's do it. You know what adds to her sexy factor? What? Her voice is kind of hoarse. Yes. That dude. does it to me. Like Demi Moore is the same way. That kind of like maybe Drayton Holmes oh. has a thing for like that hoarse voice chick because he did two of these movies. Oh, you know me, man. We we we've just talked about Tana. Oh, tell Letter me about Kenny. the fucking ten horse fucking voice chicks you banged. Go ahead. I'll sit over here. <laughs> By the way, uh, a gentleman doesn't tell tales, Matthew. Haven't you learned that? True. Your mom teach you anything? <laughs> yeah, and then I forgot it all when I met you. Oh, <laughs> zing zing zing. Hey, Ah, shit. If it's any consolation to it, I don't have tales to tell as of the last nine years. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. There's a, there's a few to tell here and there. but <laughs> Just a few, a few wild lost weekends. There's a couple. There's a couple out there. <laughs> a couple out there who look at the moon and think of me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I wonder what my gringo lover is doing. Yes, yeah, say it again, dude. Do that again. I'm going to pull my packer. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh shit alright uh, you, you gotta call my 900 number if we're gonna do that <laughs> you're like I'm getting paid if I'm, I'm about to fucking sex shit. talk a dude <laughs> Fuck, I'm getting paid for that you mean nope. to put on my Latin girl voice are you fucking kidding me that's money <laughs> I love it that's you gotta think awesome. I'm gonna leave that money on the table Fuck say some you. shit to me in that fucking crazy language I don't get do it <laughs> Dios mios anyway um, let's talk about the DEA meeting Right, because for, well, first he comes in and tries to to talk to Jack when he's actually at the station, and Jack no. is just like fucking stiff arming him, like fucking fed yeah. bitch. <laughs> I'm not talking to you guys. I've already had requests with you that have fucking gone unnoticed. Don't want nothing to do with you. I mean, it seems like there's a history of him asking for some backup with you know his situation here, probably directly to the DEA because this has been going on for three years now. The shit with cash, uh, and he's just like fuck you. Like you come in now and try to try to use me for help for you fuck that um so that was should a we just bit of a say what the movie's about at this point <laughs> should we just go through the 
<laughs> just summarize the plot and then go through? Like, just, just what his whole point is. Like, the whole point of the military subplot on paper is that they are attempting to break into the safety deposit boxes to get crucial information which they believe that our bad guy has mm-hmm. regarding that the could, government and other things, right? Exactly. And the bank robbery is largely a distraction, right? Yes. Yes. Um, because it, they rob the bank and the money vault and everything, but they're really there for that safety deposit box and the information inside right, it. Right. They make um, it look like, and that's why they blow up the building, which I assume is empty. I don't even know. But based I on so. the they're moral standing of the rest of the of the soldiers, I'm guessing that's the thing. And then, right. but truthfully, what we end up learning in the end is that Michael Ironside's character is sort of in it for himself. And that he'd been partners with Bailey. Correct. Yeah. Correct. And he was basically trying to, to sneak in there and, and take money from underneath Bailey, out from under him. Yeah, he's, he's working for himself, basically. He's trying oh, yeah. to make off with 10 million bucks because he feels underappreciated for all his service he's given to the country. He's a major. He's feeling disenfranchised. He's a bad guy. There you go. Right. And so I think, yeah, basically his, his whole thing is that he was going to use his particular squad of guys, the zombie squad, who are all on, a, on paper dead, right. to go into this suicide mission and all die uh, mm-hmm. and him get the money and kill Bailey and have nobody after him, basically. Right, because, he, because every guy he has recruited every- already is considered KIA or, exactly. or MIA. And then they'll be actually dead after this and Bailey will be dead after this. And there'll this. be no <laughs> so, questions asked, which is perfect for him. He makes out with go. 10 million bucks. There you go. That's it. That's that's the whole. It's funny how like complicated all of it is to re- to reveal that it's actually pretty. Like he's just I'm just fucking over everyone <laughs> to steal to steal Bailey's money. That's it. So, um, what does he actually tell him? He basically tells him, "Hey, we're 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 after this stuff. I got juice in Washington. I can help you." And you know, and that's it. And what's right. his, and, and you know, they don't love the federales in Texas, man. If they don't fucking love the feds down there. No, sir. You know, Texas Rangers, they consider themselves the fucking, we are the law enforcement of Texas. Yep. But he's not really buying the story. Wait, what's that? He's not really buying the whole story from Ironside. Right. Right. Because like we said, I mean, he, he's basically requested help uh, before and right. nothing came of it. Yep. And he's, he's like, like, that's what, mm, now you're going to come down and, and ask for help from me. You need evidence that I have. Yep. And he offers right. him cash. He says, listen, Cash Bailey, he's a guy. He's been fucking this town over three years. And, you know, obviously yeah. we know we know Ironside already knows this, so it doesn't really matter. But <laughs> Right. Oh, shit. But the one thing he does, if, you know, give in on a little bit and just, like, let Ironside help him. He's like, well, if you can do this for me, if you can figure out this weird brass, then maybe I'll fucking talk to you more. Because, like, get, get that done. Yep. You're going to use your Show juice me in Washington. Something. Right, and he hands him this very fucking odd forty-three caliber BRM shell. Forty-three caliber. It's fucking weird. He's like, we don't know. We haven't seen this. I like the line where he says about the Riptorn character. He died going forward. That means a lot here. <laughs> it's a cool line. That is. But uh, yeah. And then of course, Clarita's like, your friend died. Do you want to talk about it? Like, I'm here. Clarita. For- I think you mean Sarita. Oh, I'm sorry. Sarita, I'm retarded. Um, (laughs) Do you want to talk about it? Like, she's trying to take care of her man, man. Right, yeah. I mean, she's basically being like, you fucking, you're surrounded by death all the time. Your father figure got shot in the back in front of you and died. Talk to me. Talk to me. He's like, nah. Nah. Can't do it. (laughs) I'm terrified of my feelings. 
<laughs> and you know, honestly, I really do think that he would even be, you know, I mean, he is still fucking Nick Nolte and a Texas Ranger and fucking locked up Alpha 2. I can't dude. talk about it. I got to do something can't about it. Talk. But I also do think that the specific situation of Cash having been with her and, and now being a threat again and back in his life and everything makes it hard when he like looks at her to be like, I can't open up to you about this shit right now. Like it's, it's too hard to look at you and be like, yeah, he definitely fucked you a lot and wants to again and is killing my friends. <laughs> it's like, fuck. Mm-hmm. I think that's definitely a part you of don't like, want haunting to, him. You don't want to be with me anymore? The talk, goddammit. I said the talk has to take a rest. Exactly. The talk. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's not, uh, not taking care of his woman particularly well. No. No. You don't know it's a good thing when you got it. Ain't that the truth? Gonna lose it. I love the moment where they they have to let uh, Clan, uh, they have to let Clancy and uh, Clancy Brown comes to get Forsyth and uh, what's his name uh, out of jail there. <laughs> Dude, so good. Lucky you got friends. <laughs> By the way, love Clancy Brown's hat. Dude, it's pretty badass. That folded up shit. That was that had a big comeback, big time in like the early aughts. Oh yeah, yeah, ah, that is true. Fuck, I remember like that in the fucking belt buckle. I'm telling you, the like the pop stars were doing the fucking cowboy hats. Dude, again. everybody had them on. It was crazy, <laughs> like the folded up on the sides like that. Oh yeah, shit, I do remember that. Now that you say it, yeah. <laughs> and dude, when he gets back in the fucking car and dude. grabs it, <laughs> grabs him by the face, he's <laughs> like, "How you do, man?" <laughs> <laughs> dude, just fucking smiling back at him. That's ah, so fucking funny. Where's the just a bunch of fucking like crazy inmates? Like, they're just so gnarly. <laughs> they're all of them. super gnarly. The most <laughs> salty crew of all time. The so salty. Yeah. And this is where they learn they're going to have to do this thing in during the daylight, and people are going to die. And they don't love this idea. I like this. I, again, I like exactly. this kind of discussion. Right? Because I mean, it, it feels like a discussion a they might script have with e- this e- exactly. Yep. With this story, these characters, you know, William Forsyth's characters, like, hell yeah, I can't wait, blood and guns. He's like this one note psychopath, mm-hmm. uh, and in here he's like, what daylight? Like, wait, wait, I don't like the sound of that shit. And like, you can tell they're all uncomfortable with this idea. Like, wait, what? Yeah, that's not what we're supposed to be fucking doing. I don't figure it. I follow orders. Uh-huh. How you figure? <laughs> How you figure? <laughs> what are you waiting on, soldier? Yeah. That's the, that's all of they all agree on that of just like we're soldiers we're doing our job just do it because that's the other dude that's the other dark shitty part about all this is that they have legitimately been deployed in all these like wet works operations overseas and and you know even though they're technically quote unquote dead uh, they are they had been you know officially acting in a secret you know f- secretly for the military and they think that this is another secret military operation. Because that's what the major has fucking told them. Yeah. So they're questioning it a little more than normal, but they're like, "Well, this is you know, this is what we do. We're soldiers doing what we're supposed to do." That's mm-hmm. so shitty. Yep, it is Get fucked over. And uh, they're talking about what they have to do, how they're going to have to circumvent some of the security. I like this stuff again. And our boy, uh, our boy sneaks out to go see. Sarita. Uh, <laughs> he goes to see our girl, Sarita. <laughs> Dude, Dude I fucking this love this. <laughs> She's like, 
You're going to tell me it just I'm another Mexican chica and take me to hit the bricks again? <laughs> no, don't be this. like that this uh, time, baby. Uh, baby, I got this place up in Durango in the hills. You love it. How long before you say adios, Mexicana? <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because he's I so love- damn charming, but you know he's a psychopath. <laughs> you know he's a fucking psychopath. And also, I just love how he tries. He tries to flatter her by being like, of all the women I've Dude, I know. You're the best. You're the best. Of all the nameless, faceless women, I just, just a, a ocean of, of <laughs> fucking wet, <laughs> horny, hungry holes. I can't even barely remember. Just an orgies beyond comprehension. Ah, baby, you stand out. <laughs> In a sea of pussy, my little Mexican tart, you really stood out. Sweet tart tart yeah Thank you, I guess. Um, wow, that's so, so flattering. Awesome. <laughs> I mean, I, I've been, I mean, I fuck five chicks at once. And I'm telling you, ain't none of them compared to you. She's like, I get to the point. I get to the point. And he's like, okay, no, no, okay. I don't think you do. I had one girl, I had a girl on each testicle, one on my shaft. And she's like, I get what you're saying. He's like, oh, no, no, let me paint a picture. I had one on my face. I was just bench pressing one of them for the fun of it. (laughs) I had four girls lined up on their hands and knees, and I just ran down the line. Plunk in one, plunk in the other, plunk in the other, plunk in the other. I don't think you want No, I get the fucking point. I get the point, Cash. Oh, I mean, the venereal diseases are unbelievable, but... I never thought it'd be possible for me to spray on four girls with one go, but I did it. I did I that, did and I'm telling you. I want to do that, that with you. That you. <laughs> She's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> he just you keeps. fucking lunatic. He just keeps pushing it. <laughs> I actually had a girl standing naked in a cheerleader pyramid, and I climbed them. <laughs> With my dick and tongue out. Have you ever seen one of those videos where a bunch of guys are fucking a girl and then they all jerk off all over her? Well, basically that was me, except I was a guy and they were girls. <laughs> okay, I get to the point, Cash. I'm not okay, interested. Okay, Cash. You're disgusting me more and more by every passing second. What I'm trying to say, <laughs> Sarita, is this suit used to be black. <laughs> She's like, all right, we're done. I, I want you to leave. <laughs> I, I want you to go now. <laughs> uh, oh, shit. <laughs> He's just so gross. And what I'm trying to tell you is that is that Will Chamberlain called me and said, damn, how'd you get so many women? <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Oh, God. But he's, he's straight up asking her to just leave with me tonight. Yeah. Just come on. But Let's that's because go. he's trying to fuck over Jack Benteen. Oh, yeah. He wants to have something over him. Mm-hmm. That's it. Hit him Come on, vominose with me. Vominose. You understand <laughs> that? Hmm? Uh, am I getting through to you? <laughs> Just, uh, I talked to Jack today, brought up all those good memories. <laughs> Tell me again, Cash, how you had sex with 12 women in one night. <laughs> <laughs> I was just a- used to, I, I got so bored, I started having sex by jumping around on a pogo stick and seeing <laughs> who I could land on. <laughs> Takes a lot to get Cash's rocks off. I tell you something, Sarita, what you don't understand, I paid for 23 abortions in one month. Now that's a goddamn <laughs> personal record. 
And what I'm trying to say is I don't want to pay for your abortion, Sarita. <laughs> <laughs> Let me pay for your abortion. <laughs> He's on one knee. I'm not saying I'll... <laughs> I'm not saying I'll go to the clinic with you. I'm not one of these homos, but I'll pay. <laughs> She's like, that doesn't even make sense. <laughs> You're awful. I hate I you. I don't understand this. <laughs> I don't understand. I'm going to move to New Hampshire and go be 15. <laughs> going to see if my big burly gringo can shoot you. <laughs> mm. Oh, shit. I'm going to call <laughs> Dean instead. <laughs> well, yeah, it's a crazy scenario you got there, Matt. But anyway, um, you know, our boys are are breaking it down. Tell me about the military planning here. Wait, what's that? Sorry. Oh, not the military plan, but I guess we should know the 9.3 mil from West Germany, distributed by H&R. This is Michael Ironside giving a little bit of information that's kind of irrelevant. Right. Right. Just to sort of prove his worth. To get in a little closer. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's funny. I, I, I wrote down at one point, the whole movie, I'm thinking, Nolte is so overmatched and outclassed by these guys. By like, this crew? Yeah, like they're in your office, dude, lying to you. Right, right. And that's that was the other weird part about this, too. I thought that was a, a kind of interesting <laughs> twist on this. Because even, hell, you just look at the poster. You're like, okay, this is like Clint Eastwood, big, bad, cowboy, hardcore motherfucker. He's the hero of the movie. And he kind of starts to get overshadowed midway through as you know, with this crew of fucking ex-military dudes. And you're like, well, he's not going to be able to take on these guys by himself. And that's kind of what you feel like is going to happen. Uh, but I like how that, that shifts and changes. I um, love how the yeah. whole movie you're like, man, big, tall, badass, steel jaw, fucking nice looking, handsome, blue-eyed devil. He's kind of dumb, though, isn't he? He's kind of dumb. Clancy Brown's going to kick the back of his head with his fucking boot uh, at some point. That's coming, right? I mean, Clancy Brown just feels smarter than Nolte. And, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I mean, oh, I know we've said enough about our black nerd Biddle. He's way smarter than Nolte. Nolte's kind of fucked, actually. I'm just a noble, strong dum-dum. <laughs> <laughs> I take it all at face value, and uh, well, if you use deception, you'll win. I mean, even I just a little. It means that you shouldn't trust scorpions. Scorpions are bad. I don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> what else am I supposed to get? Something about ravens. I don't know. Fuck. <laughs> ravens knock on your door, and it's annoying and pisses you off. What? <laughs> What's all this bullshit about his wife? <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Yep. Oh, beautiful. Yeah, beautiful. This is, yeah, this is where we start to find out about the the bank robbery proper. Yeah, we do. We, we see it all getting laid out. And uh, to be honest, it was, I got so wrapped up in this. Uh, I was just like, shit, this is pretty cool. Like, I mean, damn, this is turning into heat all of a sudden. Like, holy shit. Right. And, but like, towards the end of the bank yeah, robbery, I was a like, heist feel. right? I was like, Wait, wow, where is this movie going? So I was like, by the end of the bank robbery, I'm like, but wait, what is going to happen? That's what I was saying these? at the top. That's what I was saying at the top. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I, I definitely remember kind of feeling that way. But by the time we get there, I was like, fuck, I'm still on board. I love it. So I just, no. I just it got me very, I was surprised. I was like, I didn't expect that that's where this movie was going to go. So no disrespect to, to Matt Mulhern, who's a good actor. And, you know, he's, he's been in a lot of shit. He plays um, Declan Patrick Coker. The little uh, thin lip white guy. <laughs> okay, yeah, that dude. 
He oh. looks the most out of place. Do you know who should have played him? <laughs> who? Who would you cast? I want to find. Uh, Let's ooh. play this game. Who do you cast in this role? Ooh, okay. I had a joke one, but my real one. Hmm. Ah, oh, fuck. I can picture them, but I'm like, I'm blanking on their name. Shit. I don't know. Do you have one? You go first. Bill Paxton. Dude. Yeah. That's pretty fucking solid. He could do it, right? He kind of that's looks like him. Solid. Yeah. I Damn. feel like Bill Paxton could have done this. Yeah, you're right. And he's a Texan. Why didn't they fucking He go is a him? Texan. He sure enough <laughs> is. Um, fucking William Forsyth is a New Yorker, but he's a good Texan. Dude, yeah. solid fucking Texan. I he's a good actor, like, dude. He's like normally plays a fucking Brooklyn gangster. <laughs> yeah, he's the fucking guy. I'm looking for Richie. <laughs> Anybody seen <Separate>. Richie? <laughs> Love it. Love oh, it. Oh, fuck. He plays Jake LaMotta in the Bronx Bull, by the way. Pretty cool. He's Ooh, a fascinating huh. guy. He's played every ethnicity. <laughs> he's played them all. Yes. No, he's good, man. I love William Forsyth. There was a TV but- show, Matthew, back in the 90s um, called The Untouchables. It didn't last long. Ooh, was it based off the movie? Yeah, he played Al Capone, and he was great. Oh, fuck. That sounds so good. Yeah, I really liked it. Um, I thought he was good in it. I, I really dug it. I don't know if I don't know if it was any good to be honest with you. It was on regular <laughs> TV and shit, but I remember loving him in it. Damn, I want. I always remember of Forsyth. Him. Of course, we know Forsyth from um, fucking Raising Arizona. But I, I love him in um, I love him in Things to Do in Denver when you're dead. Have you seen that? No, I still Dude, haven't seen that. That movie, you have to watch Things to Do in Denver when you're dead. We'll put it on our list. Ooh. Andy Garcia, fucking Chris Lloyd, Chris Walken, William Forsyth. That's the movie where Chris Walken is like, Jimmy, do it. Pull out my dead cock. Oh, that fucking movie. That fucking movie movie where he's like, (laughs) today you're making videos, tomorrow you're chugging cock. (laughs) He's fucking so Chris Walken in that movie. He's He's a brutal, like horrifically mean gangster guy in a wheelchair. And Andy Garcia has this business where he's making, they make like tapes for people. Like they make tapes for people to leave behind for the, for like, cause they're going to die or something like, Oh, and by the time you read this, you'll be 18 and I'll have long been passed away, but I want to make this message for like, that's his business <laughs> or something. Post-mortem home videos. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird. But, um, anyway, tangent over. Beautiful. Fuck, that does sound good. I, I really want to watch the Untouchable series now. I'm looking at a picture of Mez fucking He looks great. Looks good. Yeah. I'm into it. Shit. All right, where are we? We are we are fucking getting into this bank robbery. Yeah, man. let's talk about it. I like, I do like all the different moving parts of this whole plan of they're going to run this truck into a fucking, I, I, I'm pretty sure it is an empty building. Like they didn't, you know, you don't have to fucking kill somebody for this. You got to set off a big fucking emergency explosion that draws all of the first responders. That's all you need to do. That was their goal. Yep. And they do it in spectacular fashion. It's awesome. Boom. So they blow it up. And um, radio like silence. How, first of all, love the radio silence. Love that they're going to use beepers to indicate that their portion of the heist is done. Exactly. Awesome. So I'm now cool. rooting for these guys. Absolutely, dude. Um, I love that they're bypassing the security. They're running like they, I, this is the shit we've talked about. We've talked about the surveillance is important. We've talked about the expertise is important and showing that we believe that they're capable. That's just all awesome. The phones oh, yeah. go down. These dumb hicks have no idea what's going on. Man, goddamn phone company. 
They don't realize yeah, they're, they're fucking, uh, you know, in the midst of an attack. I love it. I love it. That shit um, is so good. Also, Texas Ranger going down in the explosion. Of course, it's going to draw him. It's a goddamn explosion. Giant. He's going to go. And then our boys get stuck in the sand. And this uh, this do. ends up costing Fry his life. Because of the time. Now, that was one big thing that uh, the major was laying out. That, like, this is on an extremely tight schedule and we cannot be delayed in any aspect of it and that's the part where they get delayed they get stuck yeah the fucking getaway car the getaway car gets stuck which was why our guy got because they 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 couldn't take this guy properly and then the mexican dude who was driving was somebody they had accounted for because they've watched this drop so many times that they knew they had certain timing and they just couldn't get there (sighs) crazy so and it's crazy. I mean, again, like, I, I like how their suspicion of the major is even starting to come up more now because it's like, well, this operations in Texas. This is already weird. Uh, and, and now he's like pressing them really hard to be in the daylight and on the super tight schedule. And they're like, wow, this is starting to seem off. This doesn't seem right. It yep. doesn't seem like past operations. And like, uh, like we've already alluded to, the bodies start dropping. They lose Fry. They, they kill the Mexican guy. So now we got two bodies and um, we our car split up. The armored van, the faux armored van, splits with all the goods. And uh, Forsyth takes off with uh, uh, the guy he came in with, uh, Bill Paxton wannabe. And um, mm-hmm. they get caught right away by the Texas Ranger, don't they? Real fucking crazy. Like, I love. Fuck, he's he's here. By the way, I right. love when he racks the shotgun on him. Have a listen. Get your goddamn asses out of the car. Keep your hands where I can see them. It's only us, Ranger. I'd listen to him. <laughs> Get your goddamn us, asses Ranger. out of the car. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> and dude, I actually love how, again, that's that goes cuts against the grain of what you think uh, Buck, William Forsythe's character, would do. You're like, this is the crazy yes. psychopath guy who like dies guns blazing in the first round. Right. He's like, ah, he's all crazy. And I love how he's the sensible one. Like, just, dude, all right, we're going we're gonna to go in. It's a great point. Gotcha. It's a great point. Like, I, I really like that because I mean, when he's first established, you know, the, we didn't even talk about it. When he's first in the airport, and he's like, "Hi, baby, you Italian? Come with your girl. You got always got a place to sit as long as I got a face." Like, he's just such a piece of shit. Call the but police then, like, immediately and arrest him. <laughs> Call the police immediately. I feel unsafe. Oh, fuck. <laughs> it's so ridiculous, but yet <laughs> as the movie goes, you're like, "This no, he really is a much more sensible and and decent person than you realize." Mm-hmm. It's fucking cool. Yeah, that's what uh, makes these characters feel more real, and this movie overall feel more real for sure. That's again, that's a testament to the character creation by Milius and Hill. Right, right, and and again, dude, when it comes back later on, where he's he's talking about why he feels this way, he's like. I'm dedicated to my my country and my duty. That's it. That's what I do. And he's like, I don't want to shoot a police officer. And he's like, I, I, he feels like he's a part of that. Yeah, man. It's fucking cool. Well, they never heard of their DEA guy. This, this, the bullets have been used by the special forces, blah, blah, blah. Some shit that doesn't really matter other than the DEA guy's phony. But this is mm-hmm. where Biddle is like, what the fuck, man? What's up with this operation? And he's spilling it to Clancy Brown, right? Yeah, know, we're using is, some of their actor names, some of their fucking character names, whatever. You guys get so the point. Confusing. You guys get the point. <laughs> so confusing. They ain't looking for you anyway, he says, right? They're looking yep, for an armored car. the money into this other car. But he's like, why do the ops call for me to drive off, right? <laughs> What's going on here? 
I could have shot the motherfucker. Totally. Yeah. Oh, man. He's mad, man. His boy died. Fucking died for basically shit reasons. (laughs) Bad, bad operation. I love that he says the ops was too tight. I like that. Exactly. Exactly. That uh, we're talking about with the time frame. It was just like, it's so ridiculously tight that you, you there's the, the margin for error is like humanly impossible. Right. <laughs> you just can't do it. Yep. We shouldn't be in those situations. Well, we're always in those situations. Come to find mm-hmm. out. He ain't in Lebanon. He ain't in Honduras. He's in a bag. Fucking Texas. Fucking Texas. Great line. But now they're starting to get personnel reports in these guys. Right. Oh yeah. Our crafty uh, officer, Deputy Cortez, is uh, getting the uh, the military credentials of these boys, and getting uh, them all. And, and of course, Benteen is like, dead. "Holy shit, they're all dead." Mm-hmm. And this uh, is also after uh, uh, fucking Jack has called the DEA and looked, you know, for the name that the major was using when he introduced himself as a DEA agent. And they're like, "Never heard of him." Yeah, yeah. I actually, like, I mentioned right. that a second ago. We're probably not listening. Um, <laughs> I said a minute ago, I was like, the DA guy's fake, they learned that. No, we didn't fucking say that word. I did, I said, <laughs> go back and listen. You should probably should listen a little more. Though. Yeah, all right, go ahead and tap 15 seconds. Everybody, go ahead. Should I turn up my mic a little? <laughs> <laughs> it's probably some time when I was talking over you, I don't know. Ah, <laughs> uh, fuck balls. All right, um, let's get back to some uh, character development. Our guy realizes uh, Sarita's not there. Went off with an old friend. Ooh, dark. Mm. You know he's been fucking worried about this since the fucking opening shot of the movie. He's like, oh, fuck. Yep. And then, Already uh, knows. Fucking, he's got other shit to worry about, which is Paul Hackett, whom he gets the drop on while he's watching boxing. <laughs> Who let him get the drop on him. Yeah, of course. For sure. Of course. I'm unarmed. <laughs> what the hell's the military robbing banks in Texas for? I'm Nick Nolte. <laughs> what in the shit? <laughs> to store documents that would embarrass our government. This fucking guy's voice is so good. Dude, Michael Ironside. Every time I hear his voice, I just think fucking Sam Fisher from Splinter Cell. Fucking just so gangster. Yeah. Yep. He created a drug empire. That was a hell of a nifty trick. <laughs> Right, makes it sound like because they said for five years he had been working as an informant, and now only only in the past three years did he flip right. Um, right. and start you know basically running his own drug empire. And I just love the idea, to be honest, of an informant you know with you know, probably some military experience and everything going in and getting involved in the drug cartels undercover and just being like, you know what, I think I take this over. <laughs> I think I can actually just make this mine. Fuck it. <laughs> That's the true fiction that this fucking gringo could go to Mexico and win. Right. <laughs> fucking get his throat cut so fast by the cartel. <laughs> his head chainsawed off. <laughs> you see the way his fucking head came right off, bro? Fuck. <laughs> it's a good thing you cut his fucking white head off in the fucking bathtub, bro. Hose that shit down. Hose it down. Put it on a turtle and blow up some feds. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) (laughs) So glad I could make Breaking Bad references now, and you get them. Hell yeah! I'm so proud of you. (laughs) 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 Well, let's move to uh, again letting our guys out. And they pile on a bus, and they're all going to go on this operation. They're going to bring this Texas Ranger with them. 
<laughs> I do love how quickly they get on board. Like when he comes back to the station and tells his own officer, like, all right, go ahead and go on home. I got it. He comes in, he's like, all right, I'm gonna be, I talked to your boss. You better call him. And they're just like, all right, yes, sir. <laughs> done and done. <laughs> we know we are fucking free. Ironside's talking him up. Let's listen. Sick music. I think it's time you and I got a couple of things straight. What do you got in mind? Well, you're used to working freelance. On this operation, you do as you're told like a good soldier. I'll do my best, Major. <laughs> you know, Ben Teen, you're in for a real treat watching these boys go to work. Take Larry over there, Sergeant McRose. He's not your everyday soldier. You put him out when the sun Jesus. goes down, you the body count. You wake up in the morning and Larry's drinking orange juice in front of a fresh pile of ears. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> fresh pile of ears. Ears. Our inside rules. But yeah, this is cool talk here. You know, I got my buddies and I got my country and that's it. Right? Will Forsyth is saying. Yeah, that's so good. Yeah. That's it. That's him, man. He just summed up his character for you. Mm-hmm. It's right there. It's fucking good. You don't ask no questions. And our boy uh, uh, doesn't drink. Uh, he's particular with who he drinks with. But into Mexico they go, man. And they go into the belly of the beast here. And he's like, look, you got 30 fucking minutes. But this is where we learn that they're going to waste the Texas Ranger. And this is a real bad play by Hackett. This is a big mistake by him. Yeah, he fucks up. These that should have been another like, thing he did no underhandedly fucking, on his own. <laughs> yep. They're like, no fucking way. Right. Like, they, they like him. They like his honor. Right. Right. Like, he's done nothing wrong. He's just doing his job just like they think they're doing. Yeah. And they're like, why are we killing this guy for fucking yep. nothing? And that also, I mean, it just sounds so suspicious as far as like, uh, so everyone we've ever had contact with on this mission needs to die as if no one can talk about it. Mm-hmm. We've got to tie up all your loose ends. Hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Not great. You scary voiced fucking monster man. I know. <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> They're all calling it very unusual, right? Clancy Brown. And when he speaks, you can tell he's like the guy. He's like the the non-com that they're all like, we love this guy. This is our guy. That they look to. Yeah. Yeah. And you're, you know he's what? Such you're a right cool about that customer, too. man. Because he's one of the last ones to finally turn on all this too. Like he's the one, you know, the major gives the orders, but he's the one who holds it together. Because like we were talking about earlier with Biddle being like, dude, this is bullshit. And he's like, no, yeah. it's like every other mission. We got to, you know, keep our heads on straight. He's like the one, the glue among the rest of the dudes. That's like, all right, no, it's going to be fine. Ordering the get- termination of an American peace officer. Mm. I, yeah, he's the first one to be like, that doesn't sound Like, good. listen to what you're saying. Clearly loyal to the country. <laughs> mm-hmm. Bringing in on criminal justice. We're doing oh, as we're told. Right, Sergeant? Mm-hmm. No. Some high caliber sweat going on at this point Dude, in the movie, too, babe. They oh are super sweaty. So here's <laughs> some just... pretty weird inconsistencies in this moment. So w- when Powers Booth greets him, He's a snake, that old boy. Grab him by the tongue and pull it till it pops. <laughs> but um, <laughs> he has a five o'clock shadow and then a full beard. Like, oh, dude, well, I have got to catch that now. Oh, uh, watch. Got to catch he that. greets him with a five o'clock shadow. And then when they are inside talking, yeah, when they're sitting down, holy shit, what happened? Did his beard <laughs> well, grow? Well, it took us a week and a half to get inside. Yeah. <laughs> Did his beard just grow in a pile of sweat? Like, look at how much more it is. Uh, hold on. 
It's super inconsistent. Holy shit, it's so much more. Yeah. It's so much more. So I was like, what more. the fuck, movie? <laughs> it just reminds you of why there is literally a job on most movie sets that is just continuity coordinator. A lot of it is <laughs> like from that's cuts. Their, right, exactly. It's their only job. Everything. You're like, nope, nope, nope. The, his fucking tie was this way. Yeah. Ugh, shit. Um, the it, TriStar Pictures studio execs dislike the first version of the trailer. That's what I'm saying. Where is it? Uh, there's a lot of changes. A lot was cut out of the movie. It's funny. They're like, well, we cut out 40 minutes of movie. And I was like, well, that's, that's probably crazy. a good idea because I fucking sounds way too long. That sounds, for one, it sounds, sounds way too long, but it is wild how much of a fabric of the movie you pull out with like 45 sure. minutes of cut. That's a lot like, of wow. movie. That's insane. That's a, I mean, that is a hell of a job for an editor. <laughs> so like, um, right, we're going to fucking carve this up. Rye, Rye Cooter, this um, a guitar player, he's done music for a bunch of shit. I'm pretty sure he did the mu- mu- music for Crossroads and stuff. That like, Dude, I was about to say that name when you said it. I'm like, that sounds really Yeah, familiar. Crossroads, you probably know him from. Um, he, great guitarist. He, he did a lot of the music in this, and he had his guitar stolen off a set, and it was 100 years old. Motherfucker. Ironside was talking about how like devastating it was and how everyone was in a shitty mood that day on the set because of it. Like oh, somebody just was. fucking took the case and he and, and, and I guess Cooter was reported as saying it's the most sad thing is they have no idea like of the value of it. Oh, that's fucking crazy. Brutal. <clears throat> Hundred year old guitar dude. <laughs> that's, what a shit. Whoever fucking did Played that. by him. You know, he's amazing. Right. Damn. Talk to me about these this this stuff with these guys, which leads <laughs> up to this compound assault, and essentially we're at the climax here. Oh yeah, this is it. And I, I mean, I do. I gotta say, this is again where before this, the movie had started to get kind of complicated. We're in it a is. bank heist, and 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 you know, and Jack is having to to go after them, and he's you know siding with them now. But then it's they're a different kill him. movie in those moments. It kind of is. Right, a little bit. And I mean, I still think it's cool and good. For sure. But still, it feels a slightly out of place. But when we get back to these fucking two dudes, Powers Booth and Nick Nolte, standing off, talking their chemistry, and this stand off, I'm like, I'm so fucking back on board. I fucking love it. I love it. Hey, did you notice how much dirtier and sloppier oh, fucking old Cash is looking here? Yeah, dude. So much grungier. I think it's just a representation visually of him becoming unhinged. Oh yeah, absolutely. like he he knows the inevitability of probably his demise. And on the <laughs> one hand, and I think he's just hammered. He's drunk as fuck and drunk. He's just swigging a bottle of tequila. He'd start blazing away at all these terrible boys. <laughs> I'm just drunk. He's just drunk. That's all. <laughs> he's just drunk. That's all. It's fine. He's just drunk. That's all. Oh. He's so good. He's so fucking. You know what he he also is in this movie that surprises shit out of me. Fucking hilarious. He's so he's fucking great. funny. He's got some of the. If best a tiger life. could be a Texan, it would be him. Who? If a tiger could be a Texan, it'd be him. <laughs> like he's just got that like smooth kind of like. You know what I mean? <laughs> he's just like a. He purrs. Like a panther. Yeah. He, yeah. Exactly. Kind of lays around tree branch. Maybe eat something later. <laughs> like you know he's. He's one of those guys that could like have his foot dangling off of some sort of hammock with the shoe <laughs> half on and it wouldn't be gay. <laughs> it would just work for him. He'd have a lemon in his drink. He'd be like, this sounds awfully hot. 
Mercy. Mercy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, he fucking rules. (laughs) He fucking rules, man. He's so awesome. He just, he just, some guys just ooze, man. And he's one of those guys. He can just ooze it. He just, but yeah, they, they basically agree to a fucking back to back 10 paces and turn around and shoot each other. (laughs) They agree to it. That's it. That's it. Meanwhile, everyone else is getting in position. Our girl's there, right? Sarita. He wants to see her first before Mm -hmm. anything else happens. But I love it. Like the, how come we can't be friends no more? And you know, I like that we see. Uh, I like that we see Jack kind of grappling with this a little bit. Yeah, and it's and you, uh, you know he's not stupid. He knows he knows the guy. You know, right, right. And that's uh, one of the most interesting things I feel like it's revealed about Cash is just how disconnected and lonely he is here. For sure, like he he's desperate. He's I mean, like the way he interacts with with Sarita later in this scene. Right, like you you see it. He's just like. Please. Please sing to me. Sing that song. Be, sing, sing on my shoulder. Like, he's so, like, he's genuinely desperate for, Pet like, the I, I need to talk to someone. <laughs> and he, he's, even with Jack, he's like, that's what, like, I believe him when he's like, ah, come on, Jack, just stay. Let's talk. Let's talk like the good old, like, he just wants to, like, talk and have a friend <laughs> so yeah, bad. He's so, like, desperately lonely. Yep. It's just made him fucking crazy. Nobody ever gave him nothing. I was a poor boy from a poor family. Easy come, mm. easy go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <shit. laughs> Fucking. Oh, I hate it. I hate it. You piece of shit. Mama. Mama. <laughs> Mama, I just killed a man. I don't know if I told you this, Jack, but I put a gun to his head. Pull the trigger and he dead. No. Dude, after he shoots that dude in the fucking suit. Put a gun against his head. Yeah, well, I didn't mean to make my mama cry. And uh, if I'm not back again this time tomorrow, Jack, well, I just expect you carry on. Let me say it again. Carry on. <laughs> he, It's him. He is Bohemian Rhapsody. <laughs> Look at his fucking white suit. My body's aching all the time, Jack. I don't know if I told you, but uh, it's time for me to say goodbye, everyone. I've got to go. <laughs> and uh, i got to leave you all behind to face that truth. And uh, truth be told, I don't really want to die, but uh, sometimes I wish I'd never Cash, really... will you bleed to death yet, for fuck's sake? <laughs> <laughs> His face is bone white. He's still going on. Giant Dude, pool of blood. He's fucking Pacino at the end of Righteous Kill. <laughs> <laughs> Just fucking doing the entirety of Bohemian Rhapsody. (laughs) Jack is just like out of bullets, like fucking God. Bobby, why'd you kill me, Bobby? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, fuck. I just, you know, I sometimes I wish you'd never been born at all, Jack. (laughs) Scaramouche, uh, well. Oh, I better, shit. I better, I better get to dying now. <laughs> oh, very, it's very, very frightening. <laughs> I see thunderbolts and lightning, Jack. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> I know much about those Italians, but Mama Mia, Mama Mia. <laughs> <laughs> My God. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
Oh, fuck. I'm embarrassed. I'm embarrassed to laugh at that fucking joke. But God, God damn it. Come on. <laughs> it's give me so a, good. Give me a couple points. Piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> I like that you say it's so good and then call me a piece of shit. <laughs> it's kind of perfect, actually. <laughs> oh, and I understand what you're saying. <laughs> how dare you make that terrible good joke I don't even know how it started but uh, <laughs> it made me laugh and that's all that I care about meanwhile Biddle's threatening some poor Mexican lady whose tits are out with a stire og I did not understand why he was so aggressive ah, about that <laughs> something got cut <laughs> what? something got cut out of this like again dude yes I kept I was thinking that too I was like this like we came into a scene halfway through like he is so mad at her like it's personal like he's like you fucking bitch you fucking I'm like damn dude you can just say I have a gun don't move stay right here or I'm gonna fucking shoot you yeah <laughs> he's so pissed about it yeah like what did she do but oh, uh <clears throat> Forsyth's like change plans here ranger <laughs> meanwhile like you said he's trying to uh uh Cash is trying to woo Sarita oh yeah and this is where, um, you know, the music is played, and this is sort of like the end, the the, the swan song for Powers Booth, and uh, <laughs> this is where the betraying begins. And it starts with uh, Major Paul Hackett stabbing mm. a dude. <laughs> Hope you don't mind me slicing open your, aor- your abdominal aorta. No big deal. Just jab you. Meanwhile, our boy's getting liquored up for his duel. Oh, getting all laughed. He's like, up. show some titties, Serena, to inspire the men folk. <laughs> the fuck? Dude. Okay, bro. Uh, all right, dude. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> Fucking powers, man. <laughs> Pop a titty out there. Give us something to fight for. <laughs> if you say so, man. Uh, I wouldn't say they're the. Launched a thousand ships, but they sure got these two old boys at each other's throat. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I just love that their first time walking gets stopped when she's like, stop it. And he's like, oh, damn it. You're ruining the mood. <laughs> it's really weird. It's a weird moment. Dude, it's so weird, but I fucking love it. <laughs> yeah, because it's, do you know why? So- Only Powers Booth can pull this off, I feel like. Because <laughs> it really does, like... The music, even the, the Jerry Goldsmith score, kicks on. You're like, da 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 da, and she's like, cash no, and the music fucking stops, <laughs> like the record, <laughs> like the record needle. She's like, Ruined cabron, the whole tone. this is two two best friends trying to sort something out. She's yelling, cabron puto, and I love his reaction. He's like, now we're all cooking. <laughs> I love it. He just revels in the fucking like misery, the intensity. Oh, but yeah. uh, our boy, uh, our boy Clancy Brown's like, well, hold on a second, Mr. Paul Hackett. <laughs> and he tries to buy Clancy. Oh, I wanted Clancy Dude. to live so bad. I know. Fuck. That, that, one, that one was a bummer. Yeah. But it's kind of cut with a cut against this duel is cut against the, the other movie that's playing along with this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I do like how they come together, though, in the sense of like once it breaks bad and he starts hearing gunfire in his compound, he's like, shit, these guys must have come with Jack. Like, that's like, you, you're not just here being the honorable man. Right. And you got these fucking dudes with 30 millimeter brownings, I think they are. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. <sighs> it's just a goddamn, just a goddamn war. <laughs> fucking breaks out. Yep. And uh, lots of killing. 
the action, so the action much was, the action was pretty wild. Oh, dude, yeah. I mean, it, it's pretty fucking good. I didn't, I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know who was going to live and who was going to die. No, that's one I, of the cool dude, things I liked about this movie. I had a feeling there's going to be a lot of guys dying. But oh yeah, I had the feeling. But fucking I honestly light up thought, Ironside, dude. Bam, bam, bam. They blow him down the stairs. Wasted. Oh, him. dude. I was. That made me so happy. Like the way that they, because I was worried that all these dudes were going to get killed at one point, and that it was going to be like Jack takes out Ironside and. Um, you know, uh, cash, but I was like, dude, I really want his crew to take down Ironside. Cause he fucking betrayed them and everything. And just to get to see Biddle and fucking, and, um, uh, the other dude, fucking Clancy, take him out, just walking behind him, blam, blam, blam pumping his back. Like, you fucking out. We're all gonna die in Mexico in a fucking drug fortress. In, in the best, in, in the best part about it is the standing order for the Mexicans is like, just shoot all the white guys. Just fucking gun Because when you shit know. breaks bad, they're just like, let's kill all these putos and like take control of our drug trade again. <laughs> Which is exactly what happens. They just waste all these guys, except for Powers Booth, because he kind of gets away and we go to showdown number three, I guess, the third try <laughs> between these guys. Exactly. And uh, he gets wasted because he gets blasted by the sure shot dead eye of Mr. Jack Benteen. And I got to say, that is not a, um, that's not like the timeless story of good prevailing over corrupted evil. Uh, You're fucking drunk as shit and high on blow. I don't think your aim is fucking, is good. A wobble hand going on right there. I'm still uh, standing. (laughs) I think old Jack's reflexes are a little more uh, tight in this particular moment. Also, Jack, what kind of psychopath are you? You're saying you're making this girl count? Like, Dude, she doesn't yeah, want to be was, any part of this. And I love that she refuses. I like she, she's like, you're both crazy. I'm not doing that. <laughs> like, fuck you. Hey, I guess we'll just have to do it, Jack. Yep. And he tries to shoot, and ulti and miss. Misses. Misses hard. And then he gets his jacket all shot off. Because <laughs> that's where all the squibs are. <laughs> Dude. Oh, not my shoulder pads. <laughs> so many squibs in the white jacket. So many. None on the, none on the dress shirt, really. <laughs> None on the chest. I shot the crap out of his shoulders inside. Go figure. <laughs> I'm trying to make it sleeveless, Jack. Cash hold still. <laughs> and he wastes him. Wastes him. And even offers him after the first shot, like, just give it up. We can go home. Give and, it up. And even at the end, the guy's like, someday you'll do me a favor to get somebody out of jail or I'll fucking waste you right now, puto. Dude. And he's just like, I, no deal. Like, no. dude, are you crazy? Dude. <laughs> The fucking steel balls on this guy. You are in the, there are like 40 dudes pointing fully automatics at you. And he's just like, I knew I want one favor from you. No. He's like, I Jesus, did you a man. favor. Now you get the white suit. And he tricks him. <laughs> and he's like, well, all right, fuck it. He is right. I get to be that guy now. And they're all get like, be a jefe. Yeah. And that's the movie. That's the fucking movie, man. Yeah. They just stroll away. <laughs> Pretty, pretty out of Mexico. Pretty cool movie. I dug it. I liked it. Dude, it's fucking fun. I throw it a lot. I give it a, a like on the like scale. Oh, dude, I feel like we haven't done that the past couple episodes. Yeah, we, we haven't. <laughs> what? Yeah, we haven't. Do you want to go through and do them right now? A little segment? Ooh, what have we not done them on, though? I don't remember. Doesn't matter. Let's do it. Right? <laughs> Let me pull up my <laughs> podcasting app. I'm the fly, motherfuckers. I'm yeah. <laughs> All right, let's see, Mr. Anderson. 
<laughs> We're late on our homework. We got to go back. Oh, I got to do this whole month. Lone Wolf McQuaid. Liked it. Yeah. Liked it. So Mummy. Like. I think we did Mummy. Did we do Mummy? Mm, I think we kind of loved it, even though it didn't deserve it. But it kind of does too, though. Yeah, fuck it. I'm going to say love. Zero love effect. I didn't really like. Yeah, if I'm being 100% honest, it's not... It's not hate, but it's a don't like. I love the memento. Oh, absolutely. Love memento. Love. Mr. Brooks is complicated. The, the love, second. I think I remember said that on that one. I, I think love you it. did too. I love it. <laughs> I fucking love it. Last Starfighter uh, I liked. Last Starfighter, I, honestly, I, I might be contradicting myself. I don't remember what I said on the podcast if we said it. I think you did say you didn't like it. Yeah. I, say I, I don't, don't remember, like dude. So like this system's dumb, but whatever. <laughs> well, we I just mean, got to do it in the moment. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think that's about as far as we went. Yeah, we're all done. It's all wrapped up. Loose ends tied. Tied right up there, right? Oh, yeah. So, right, Drayton well, Holmes, Extreme Prisoner. So, what do we got for listener comments on this? Anything? I got one from old Joe Fatsapalcini. <laughs> he said, I watched this a few years ago. It's pretty good, but I wanted something more. Later, I looked it up and found out there were a bunch of studio fuckery. It was like Peck and Paul Light, which is nice. a shame because the cast is so good. But it did provide in the showdown between Mr. Krabs and Michael Ironside that the world always needed. Fair. I'm pretty much with you there, Joe. Okay. Um, I think that's about it. Yeah. I don't even think Drayden sent anything in on this. Wow. Really, Drayden? Just fire it off and fire and forget? No. Yeah. All right. Well, Mr. Drayden Holmes from his underground secret Bond villain lab. Well, that's it. I think that's it, man. I think that's it. Anything else you want to say about this shit? Did, wait, we gave the other movies our, our scale. Did we say for this one? Yeah, I like it. I think you we like both it? said we liked yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Like for me. Not quite love, but a solid like. Definitely not love. I can't just be loving shit. <laughs> can't just be tossing out love all yeah. the time. The fuck? I'm not the uh, the fucking parent you didn't have. I'm sorry. Go get professional help for that shit. Sorry. Go talk to somebody. <laughs> All we're right. just in your ears. You're not talking to us. Sorry. <laughs> we're, you know, we're not talking to you. So what's left? We're almost done with bounties. It's true. We got uh, Day of the Jackal is a bounty, correct? Yep, it is. Another uh, movie. I'm like, okay. So Day of the, <laughs> Day of the Jackal. Then we have... Um, after that, we have um, Prince of Thieves won the poll, Matthew. But, uh, I'm, wait. Oh, that's right. Robin Hood. Robin Hood. Okay. When yep. you called him Prince of Thieves, I, for a split second, I pictured Prince of Persia with Jake Gyllenhaal. And I was like, wait, did I just have a stroke? No. Is that no, a movie? Didn't. That's a movie. Oh, baby. That's a movie. Wow. Was that the money movie for Joan Hall? He's like, I'm tired of these art house fucking pictures. Pay me. Right. And then he made that and was like, ah, I'm going to go back to art house movies. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck this. Uh, so um, yeah, we yes. have, we have day of the Robin Jackal Hood. next. After that, we get the member vote, which was between gangs in New York, hot fudge, Patriot, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves and Sherlock Holmes. There was a dead tie between gangs of New York and uh, Prince of oh, Thieves. Oh, this is a first. A first for us. Yeah. And I told and I told John whatever the fucking Imperators voted for, pick. So there you go. There we More go. power to him. There you go. That's very rare. I mean, shit, we're, we're 310, 12 episodes fucking deep, and that's never occurred. Yep, I don't think it has. So, damn. It's Crazy. rare, but that's the, that's the extra power of the Imperator right there, baby. Indeed. And after Day of the Jackal, we only have one, two, three bounties left. 
Damn. And then we have that special kind of open slot, which we can talk about. But yeah. Ooh, I'm all excited. I'm pretty excited too, to be honest with you. But anyway, housekeeping over, uh, movie over, coverage over. Thanks again to our main man, Drayton Holmes. Mm-hmm. I hope that uh, you're, as we speak, I hope you're putting an enemy dun, agent dun, in. I'm just giving you a bed. Go ahead, keep talking. Uh, I hope you're putting an enemy agent in a very compromising position that will probably kill him, but you'll never witness it, which means he'll escape. I was getting into the brass part, but okay. Yeah, it's all right. <laughs> well, God, we got to do more Bond movies. Do we? <laughs> Fine. <laughs> we'll be picking movies soon. There's some gems on that list. Fuck yeah. All right. We love you guys. Thank you so much for listening. Check out the uh, the LibertyGeek.net website. Check out membership options. If you like it, support it. Right, Matt? That's it, baby. All right. You guys have a wonderful evening. We'll catch you on the flip side.